Welcome to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And if you're looking for a Mandalorian Season 2 spoiler cast, this is the way. Yes, it sure is. So we're not going to have our typical episode this week because, well, holidays and lack of news. But we did take the time to go over... The Mandalorian season two, and we're here to give you a full-on spoiler cast. Yes, so, but we're not alone. We are not alone <laughs> because you always need a group to commit a galaxy heist. Of course. And so we're here joined by Brian, a very special guest from Pop Culture Leftovers, a podcast that's very dear to me and kind of got me, well, to do this, to be honest. And so... Watch, introduce yourself. Hi, yeah, uh, I'm Brian. I do Pop Culture Leftovers. I'm excited to be here talking The Mandalorian with you guys. And yeah, you can check out my podcast, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I can't wait to talk about The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> and Brooke, who is a jack of all traits, or should I say a, well, Brooke of all traits. She seems to be doing everything. You do cosplay, you, you do your own podcast, you, you do a lot of stuff for PCL. Like, you're just doing everything all the time. Yeah, I don't sleep. <laughs> that's what i always tell people when they're like how how do you do all this stuff i'm like nah, i don't sleep <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> so yeah hi i'm brooke i do picard cast if anyone's ever listened to that it's about star trek picard and then we had so much fun we have our friends coming on and brian's been on and a couple times and um yeah so we have our friends come on and talk about their favorite episodes so that's exciting very nice. <laughs> and I make things. So if you look me up, I'm fleurdelu.com. <sighs> it was cute when I picked it, and I, no one can ever spell it. So <laughs> I'm trying to think right now how to spell it. Is it like like, like fleur de lis? Like it's the little. Like fleur de lis, but uh-huh. instead of L I S, it's L O U. I found okay. it. I was searching it one day, and I found a bakery in St. Louis. Nice. Oh, uh, nice. yeah, there was yeah. a place in St. Louis that it was Fleur de Lou STL or something like that. And mine was yeah. a joke about Flower de Lou. I suppose. But it, it was, right. yeah, um, it was, uh, it was actually a florist, <laughs> but it really was in St. Louis. <laughs> so, well, you anyway. should ship out a cookie with every uh, order that people make, you know, kind of take the competition away. I don't make cookies. <laughs> Well, that's unfortunate. You just lo- lost out on a whole market right there. I know. There's actually I just... something you don't make. That's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got the team here. I figured what we'll do is we'll, we'll get into our thoughts, our, our impressions, how we felt, just kind of spoiler free, give our review, and then we can dive in and go over everything for, for all the people who want to absorb as much as they can, and it's never enough. Uh, for anybody who's not familiar, here's how our rating system works. If we hated something, we're going to burn it. If it was just okay or we're neutral, we're going to test it. And if it was pretty good, we're going to slice it. If we absolutely love the shit out of it, we're going to dissect it. And if all of us dissect it, we're, we're DTF. DTF. Oh my God, that was terrible. <laughs> of all episodes, it be bad. The worst. Okay. Jessica, why don't you start out? Okay. I really liked this season. I felt like... Um, it was definitely you could tell they had I couldn't find any proof for this, but it looks like they had an increased budget um, and they really kind of um, reached out the feelers to find many more tie ins and um, what do you want to call it? Uh, Easter eggs and connections to the other Star Wars properties, which I thought was really fun. I guess 
they're doing the whole Marvel treatment, but um, I'm okay with it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure how I feel about what's going to happen next, but we'll get into that at the end. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was a fun watch. There were some some parts where they made you... A, some people might have been a little uncomfortable for various reasons. Different creatures, different consuming of creatures. Um, yeah, so... Overall, I very much enjoyed it, and I looked forward to every episode, so I have to say I would dissect it. Brooke, how about you? What was your th- what were your thoughts on The Mandalorian Season 2? Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know how many times I've watched the full season since it came out, and it's been like a week. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a few times. Um, I've also, but The Mandalorian has become one of my most favorite shows ever, so... There's that. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I really liked it. I can't wait to see what they do next season. Um, and like Jessica was saying that they probably had an extra budget, but they were actually filming these when the first one, like they started all that before the first one even came out. So it must have been that they believed in what they were doing from what they'd seen because... Yeah, they definitely did get more money. <laughs> like, I know at the premiere for the first season, uh, John Favreau was talking about that he had just directed his episode or whatever for the second season. And it's like, what? <laughs> Which is probably why we have to wait so long for the next season because of pandemic. They couldn't do anything now. But yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah, the dissect it is the, the best one, right? <laughs> yes. That's all I needed to know. Uh, what happens if someone doesn't want to dissect something? Do they just jump out and they don't talk about it? We'll give you an uh, alternate I assignment. Guess. Just like I high guess. school biology. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll just have to do a five-page report instead. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> about why you don't like it and how that's wrong. Yeah. Why the, Why you did not want to cut open the frog. Yeah. <laughs> or eat the frog. Yeah. Or it's it. <laughs> Um. <laughs> or it's eggs. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so dissect it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Let's cut uh, it up. <laughs> Brian, what what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts so far is just that the rating system is just going so smoothly this episode. It's going extremely smoothly. Yes. I am really, telling really you. Well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's smooth sailing. It's not our old, standard episode format. <laughs> the old rating system is working out really well. Um, yeah, season two of The Mandalorian. I loved this season. I, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it, I, I don't know, but like, uh, I, it feels like they just let Filoni and Favreau just go nuts this season. And I've really loved what I've uh, been seeing from like the, the behind the scenes stuff of George Lucas showing up and, and I haven't watched like the, the, man, the gallery. I don't know. Have you guys watched that yet? Uh, we watched parts of it for the first season. Uh, did they do more for season yeah. two? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Instead of like uh, several episodes, they did like one special, and I watched it the other night. Yeah. Okay. And it was very cool. I and haven't watched it yet. I'm looking forward to it. My... This, this is my time. This oh, yeah. is my time, bro. <laughs> this is my... I'm kidding. You can go ahead. I'm just fucking with you. Fuck you. No. Um... <laughs> God, just remember reminded me of like the first one of the, the first times I ever talked to you on a podcast. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my roommate Cindy. Some people maybe know who Cindy is, and some people don't. But um, her she hadn't watched any of the gallery things. So then they they're talking about the the um, oh what did they call it 
the vault or whatever they were calling it where they have the big screens around and she's like I didn't know that's how they did that. And I'm like, oh, I guess you didn't watch the other thing from last season. But so that was kind of cool. So if someone didn't watch the first season, you know, uh, special stuff, then and they watch the second one, they'll at least get an idea of stuff that happened. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I really, I really liked seeing new things. And there was more, if anybody had saw the, uh, the post from Ming-Na Wen um, of Robert Rodriguez playing the guitar to Baby Yoda. I love that. I think I did see that. Yeah, (laughs) it's like just just let him direct things and carry around his guitar and play it in between stuff. That's great. (laughs) What's so crazy about this season is like you'll have fans that'll be like, uh, you know, oh, predicting stuff like I don't want to see this or I don't want to see that or whatever, whatever it may be. And then if something does happen, then they call it fan service. Yet you've got half of the fan base that doesn't want to see what they just shown us. But then we all, I think most of us, for the most part, end up loving it no matter what we get. And it's just, I love that. It's just like Filoni and Favreau are just not being like steered by main, like Star Wars fans. They're doing what they want and sometimes subverting our expectations and then sometimes giving us what we want in fan service. So I just, I'm just going to like, you know, trust in these guys to continue to do what they're doing. But I loved this season. I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to just, I'm going to dissect it. I absolutely loved it. And I can't wait to see what they're going to be doing in the future. Um, and I'll, I'll, you know what? I know it's a year wait, but (laughs) it goes so quick. We'll be watching the Mandalorian season three before you know it. Yeah, season two, I felt like came out of nowhere. I mean, and we, obviously it was a year, but like it, it felt like it didn't take a year to get to watching another season of it. So, yeah, I kind of agree with all of you guys. I, I really enjoyed this. My only real knowledge of the Star Wars universe is is just the movies, the, the video games, uh, the TV shows now. Uh, I don't have any extensive knowledge through the books or any of the real in-depth legacy stuff um but i felt like what i did know it it felt like this season did a really good job of balancing out what i thought was new material along with giving stuff from the older you know whether it be the prequels or the just the original uh and and just giving people doses of stuff that that they had nostalgia for or just really enjoyed and and i i think that they're on the right path i'm i'm very curious where season 3 is going to go so uh i think the the mandalorian and and baby yoda's relationship was there it was full bloom from season 1 and and i can't say a whole lot of negative things so i'm going to dissect it since everyone dissected it it looks like we're dtf in this episode i mean with everyone's consent of course of course yeah it seems we are all dtf <laughs> Let's make that very clear. This does raise a few concerns on my end. Um, <laughs> just you didn't know what you signed up for, apparently. No, no, no. No, it's very, got very Kevin Spacey there for a moment. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, Star Wars is in space. Okay, it sure is. Uh, All Jessica, right. I can already, I can already feel Jessica getting uncomfortable with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she likes to shut me up as much as she can. Yeah. <laughs> That's our general thoughts. Uh, everyone seems to be on the same senses of it was a very fun, enjoyable season. Uh, so for those who are not caught up, I don't know what the hell you've been doing for the last couple of weeks, but go watch or, it and come back 
because we are going to go full depth into spoilers on this as of right now. Yep. That is your warning. May the spoiler be with you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So first up, we could talk about kind of some of the more important characters from this season. Obviously, we have our returning protagonists. Din Jarin, aka the Mandalorian, played by Pedro Pascal. What are your thoughts on his character arc and how he may have changed how he played the character? Or um, what do you think? Where is he at? Uh, where is the character at with his goals? How does he? How is he doing? <laughs> you talking about like from season one to two? Yeah, or just in general? Well, I mean, I I think it's very clear. Like you see, obviously, season one, he's a very strict to the rules of his creed, right? Uh, And then you kind of see him break down a little bit throughout that season. This season, you still kind of see those rules in place for him, but you also see because of the child, he's a lot more open and I don't want to say weak, but like, uh, I guess, sensitive to taking care of him over like doing what he just kind of was his life before that point of knowing him. Yeah. Do you think that he thinks what he's doing is the right thing, returning him to the Jedi? But then on the flip side, it's like, he's going to miss Grogu. Let's just be real. Let's just yeah. like, he's, he's going to miss Grogu. Oh, I mean, absolutely. And look at where he came from. You've got to understand, like, he was a foundling. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. We don't know what kind of childhood he had. Was it? It's it's probably pretty strict. Mm-hmm. And well, if he's I, wearing the helmet since he was like ten or whatever. Oh yeah, know, like it's super. Yeah, you've basically given your life to the Mandalorian creed. Whatever this faction of Mandalorians, whatever you know that creed, you've given your life to that for like a higher purpose. You know, it's like you're a cog in this machine. And then and then everything fell apart. And so then he became a bounty hunter. He took all his skills and used them just to survive. And now I think post Mandalorian bounty hunter, I don't think he can go back to that. But I don't and I think he's being called to a higher purpose. But on the flip mm-hmm. side, I think like he still is going to miss. I don't think he was ready to ever be a father at first, but like I think oh. he's gonna miss being Dude. Then he wasn't ready to really give him up either. Uh huh. At the end. Oh yeah. You know, like I don't know how long of a time frame it's supposed to be. If it, you know, how long of a time they were flying around? If it was a couple weeks or a couple months or like a year or whatever. But it's like they've definitely got a bond, and he because he had sworn his creed, and then that's what the armorer told him to do is to give him back to his kind if if he could find them, and you know he's. He's like, I have to do this. I don't really want to, but I have to. Toward the end, it did feel like his focus was more, not necessarily even to get him to a Jedi, but just to get him back in general. So like, I, oh yeah, for me, it was like, I, he's not doing this because he's like, I has to give it to a Jedi. He's, he's doing this because he just wants to get the child back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's got a very clear attachment. We see that, uh, well, I guess we could call him Grogu, right? That's his mm-hmm. name. Um, mm-hmm. He clearly has an attachment to the Mandalorian, uh, but like you see it both ways. Like they both kind of work with each other and 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 needing each other to kind of get through whatever they're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Like he was a mission, but he's clearly more than a mission at this point. Um, mm-hmm. 
And kind of what Brian brought up earlier. Uh, so the Creed, do you guys think that he's loyal to the Creed in the beginning because he feels he owes them or because he truly believes the system of, of what they are teaching? It's got to be a combination of both. And I'm going to throw in a little bit of brainwashing, just like any great cult. I don't exactly. know. Exactly. It's got to be some some level of indoctrination because whether they rescued him or not, there is still some kind of at least low level of brainwashing that has to be done to get somebody to assimilate into a new group or society. You know, it's it's like, oh, well, they saved his life. And then you get some, you know, Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. Or maybe like disassociation or something like, and he's just gone and lived this life. And then once you kind of, you know, it's like a habit. Once you start doing it, it's really hard to give up on it. And so finally he goes so long, like doing all this stuff because he wants to give back to them for saving his life that he just goes with it the whole time. And like, you know, whenever he meets the other Mandos, it's like, they're like, oh shit, you know, basically <laughs> when they meet him, because they're like, you're one of them, you're in the cult. And I, you know, and he's just like, what are you talking about? We just drank Kool-Aid every day. I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, you get the feeling that he really didn't realize there were other ways. Yeah. Other, yeah. other than this. <laughs> the way. <laughs> yeah. That's like, a good I point. I don't way. <laughs> and I, I also kind of, at first I was like, oh, they're just retconning the whole, like, why he's taking his helmet off. Like, or why he isn't taking his helmet off and all that stuff um, when others in the past have. But now I kind of feel like it, it is a little bit more of world building where they are just trying to make different factions within the Mandalorian and, and why they have their different beliefs and, and how they play into each other. Um, well, and it makes sense that they could do that. You know, like it still can make sense in the universe because if you've watched Clone Wars, you know that the group that like pre and Bo-Katan, all that, that they're with, that they're trying to do one thing. Whereas you have the people on Mandalore that were just still regular people who didn't, all like fly around in their little suits and stuff you know they're like we're just trying to chill on our on our planet now you know um like they had their own thing well obviously there had to have been other groups that went other places so this watch group went somewhere else and they would just find all these you know these children make them foundlings to grow their their needs you know because they didn't take off their helmets so you know that i mean i guess if you're if two people are wearing a helmet if if, you know, they're having sex or something, I guess at least you're wearing a helmet already. I don't know. Anyway, so we just assume that because they're not reproducing, they're just taking children <laughs> as families. I mean, yeah, it does seem like that's their their thing, right? They just kind of adopt people in. It, in my head, I translated the Mandalorians. The best way I could describe it is like they are the Jewish people of star wars they, they they are technically a race but they are also a a belief system a religion uh so you don't necessarily have to be both you just have to be one or the other mm -hmm. well, and, well, and, and you also have like orthodox jews and then the more like contemporary like you have sort of that separation too like how you do with christianity and stuff but yeah well there was the there was the great purge i mm -hmm. mean and so what you had in, in you know, with Nazi Germany is, you know, collecting their 
wealth and riches and then and then killing them and then with the great purge in star wars universe the galactic empire basically collected all the beskar and started killing mandalorians so right now they're just doing whatever they can to rebuild um that's the thing like where do we like i mean we started talking about din Djarin, but like i think we've opened up a big a broader kind of like discussion here as far as just like mandalore in general but like where do what happens i mean we can talk about season three and like where it goes and i don't know if i'm opening this up too soon but i mean we have it on our list but like if you want to dive into something right now go for it here's the thing it's like they're right now it feels like bo katan and and is trying to build up the mandalore army to take back mandalore and they've got you know a couple new ships they've got but here's the thing now you've got the mandalorian dinjarin with the dark saber that was not in the plans and then also this whole other fact a uh, faction of like mandalorians that don't take off the helmet that you know practice different beliefs have a completely different creed than bo katan's group i mean can they can mandalore who who's going to unite them is what I'm trying to get at because I think you need everybody strong in order to to regain Mandalore. Yeah. Well, yeah. She has that that line near the end of this. I think it was the last episode where she says, "If we had this much uh, spite when Mandalore was being taken over, like we would have won or something like that." Boba Fett and I uh, uh, can't see her name on here, but uh, Fennec. Uh, no. 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 Another no. Mandalorian. Bo-Katan's um, little little buddy. Oh. Oh. Um. Uh. <laughs> Gosh, it doesn't start with it's K. Co- I, know I thought they were on. Casca yeah. Reeves. Casca yes. Reeves, thank you. Yes. There you go. Yeah, like they had their little quarrel uh, in in the bar, mm-hmm. uh, which I'd like to like shout out to like how they can take the same bar setting and repurpose it mm-hmm. on different planets mm-hmm. every time. <laughs> yeah, they just make it a different color, add a little bit, a few extra tables here and there. They're clearly using the same bar in the entire thing. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's like uh, it's like a like a Ruby Tuesdays or something, <laughs> or like a TGI Fridays. It's a chain. Yeah, that it's all the same bar. Yeah, that's, I like right. that theory. <laughs> it's just you know, it's just a little bit different here and there. You know what I mean? TGI Mas Espa or something. Yeah, it's like, oh, a, like it's like a Cracker Barrel, but now there's just like a oh, I I notice a few more cowbells in this one or something. They could call it first shot. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, um now i forgot what i was gonna say okay so before we go too much deeper into the possible future of this situation you guys want to talk about grogu or baby yoda or the child or whatever name he's known yeah, by? Well, let, let's start there how do you guys feel about <laughs> the fact that we've gotten an official name to add to the merchandising besides something vague as the child or uh... baby yoda or unnamed species. Have you guys seen any of the stuff that they put unnamed species on? What? No. Yes. I was just like, really? That's ridiculous. Come on, Disney. And it wasn't like knockoff stuff. It was Dis- like Disney Store. <laughs> of course, our Disney Store closed. But it was when like, our Disney this Store was recently? still open. Or like, um, like the earlier product? Um, After season one came out. So... Last time I was in the Disney store was probably March, and then it closed. It they closed because our mall closed, and then it didn't open back up because, mm. you know, whatever. But, um, so yeah, so this year, <laughs> even though it feels like it's been like twenty years ago, um, but I don't really 
say Din Jarjar and I still say Mando, so I don't. I, I still I say do Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I, I always call him Mandalorian, and you know, like I, I know he has a real name, but that's just what I've stuck with. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but we should re- we should respect them if they want to go by their names. Like Grogu wants to go by Grogu, I assume. That's what he told Ahsoka, Ahsoka you know. Right. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't care what people call him, you know? Like, if you want to still call him the, you know, Baby Yoda or... The little green guy. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I mean, no. yeah. and I, like, I'm 50-50. Like, I'll, sometimes I'll call him Baby Yoda and some. it just depends. And sometimes I'll call him Grogo. It just depends mm-hmm. on, like, how I'm bringing him up. Like, if mm-hmm. I'm bringing him up in a meme or something like that... I might just say Baby Yoda. And now if mm-hmm. I'm talking on my podcast, I might say Grogu. It just mm-hmm. and it, it just alternates. But yeah, it's cool that we finally got to know his name. I think we needed that. I mm-hmm. think that we needed that because it opened up a whole new level of like their relationship. Mm-hmm. We when 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 the Mandalorian starts saying his name and he starts to respond oh. to that, it's like it was that was one of the it was it was so it was so cool. Like now, now he can say his name and we even like in the next episode after mm-hmm. that, he's saying the name and he's getting a kick out of it. Yes. Like, I have a gif of that or not a gif. I have like the a video of just that bit on my phone because it's just so precious and I love it. And somehow I accidentally saved it from when I was watching it over and over on somebody's Twitter feed, but that's fine with me. I'm okay that I saved it because it's adorable. <laughs> but I absolutely yeah. <laughs> I, I, I and then everybody's I, uh, like, uh <laughs> I don't I I mean, Brooke, we get it. You you gush over the little green guy. We <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> I no, I gush I gush over the big silver guy most of the time. <laughs> okay, so for you I what, love Pedro Pascal. What makes so it work is the fact that you've got like this big strong guy that's falling in love with this little green baby so cute yeah no i get it i get no i like that i actually i really appreciate that answer i think a lot of time people just kind of like get caught up in how cute baby yoda is but i think yeah that like what the stuff that gets me is you know i can sit here and like i get like him sipping soup is cute and shit Mm -hmm. but like the stuff that really gets me is the stuff that's getting you is like the whole like this guy who's like you know tough as nails behind that helmet just kind of like lowering his wall with this uh-huh. kid and like falling in love with this little kid. And it's, that's the stuff that I love from this season. That's that why reminds think... me of what I was going to say, but no, sorry. go ahead. Before you forget, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about like, uh, Din's transition from season one to season two. Um, one, one of my bosses one day was like, uh, you know, like he watched it and then he got to the episode where they're, you know, with the krill farmers and, you know, what Kara was saying, oh, you could, you know, shack up with this young widow or whatever. And he's just like, he used, he didn't talk very much. And now he talks all the time. And I'm like, he's got, he's having this personal growth because he's not alone in that ship anymore trying to get, you know, money for his covert and get back Beskar for them and all that anymore. He has... He has a companion now with him, with with Grogu, and even though at first he can't, they can't, he can't really understand him. Then they sort of start to understand each other a little bit, and then when we get to this season, it's like they kind of have a relationship where sometimes Grogu will do what he asks, and sometimes he doesn't. But you know, (laughs) 
but he talks more and he's more so we see it when the frog lady shows up that he's actually even joking with her when he wouldn't even you know when we had the mithril in the episode one in chapter one that who was trying to make jokes and try, well obviously he was trying to get away but you know he was trying to kind of like hey yeah you know like just say stuff to him and he and Din was just ignoring him the whole time. You know, he had to be, like, stone-faced under a mask. <laughs> I mean, here's then, the thing. I enjoyed I enjoyed stoic yeah. Ma- Mando in the first mm-hmm. season. But by the time I get to the second season and the mm-hmm. Mandalorian's realizing that this baby is special. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, like, this baby, there's something special about this baby. And I'm not just talking about the fact that this baby uses the force. Mm-hmm. This baby is bringing people together in the mm-hmm. universe. It's wild. You're seeing Cara Dune and all these badasses just doing anything they can to take care of this kid. Even Bill Burr's character, who's like a scoundrel, mm-hmm. is like, oh, they took the little guy. And like, you know, so like he understands. Everybody understands that there's something special about this baby. And mm-hmm. they, everyone wants to babysit the baby. Right. Re- Grief Karga loves the baby. There's something about his innocence that people just want to to help. They want to do what they can to keep this mm-hmm. kid safe. And it's just, it's really a sweet fucking story. The baby, like, has, you know, really, like I was saying, like, growth with Din is, like, he's really helped him with that. Because now he has friends, not just the other Mandalorians who he doesn't know where they've gone. Like, if it had just been that and he had just left, if they had all had a fight while he was gone and they were gone when he got back, he it, he would probably still be the way he was. But because he had Grogu with him and now, like, he's made this connection and then Grogu has helped him make connections with other people and have people he can trust. You know? And, that, like, it's it's just this little green puppet is breaking down the walls of this. <laughs> I mean, I know he's not a puppet in the show, but you know, he, it's like, he's breaking down the Mando Mandalorian's walls and he's uh, opening himself up to other things and other people. And also the baby is getting to uh, have a better life because as we hear from Ahsoka is like, after he was snatched away, like everything got real dark for him. And now, and now he's loved and he has, Lots of people who love him and who would do anything for him, and he wants to help them, and it's just a great, like, symbiotic relationship. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I do want to kind of dive into what Ahsoka uh, brought up uh, as far as, you know, his kind of history and stuff. You know, so we know he's 50 years old. Um, he came from the temple, which, if I'm correct, that that's presumably the one that was from the prequel movies? 100%. Okay. Yeah. There's a meme. There's a meme where it's got, uh, you you know, you see the shot of the kid, of the kids or whatever in the temple, and you can see Anakin's lightsaber, you know, and then there's like another picture, and it's like a little drawing of Grogu in the bathroom. Yeah, like, that's yeah. so mean. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> anyway, I think somewhere I mean, in there was like Mace Windu, like found him in the hallway or something. Yeah, and it it. I like that they say that someone saved him, that maybe some of the other kids got saved too. Yeah. So then it's not just like, oh, well, we know Ahsoka's still around and Luke is around at this time and all that, you know, like that there could be other people out there who were hiding their their gift. And then we can have so much more Star Wars. <laughs> oh, well, we're getting plenty of Star Wars. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> they will find more 
force people in the universe at some point. It, they they are definitely setting that up. Um, but who do you guys think the Jedi is that got him out of the temple during that entire Order sixty six attack? Like, do you think it was? Somebody that we already know. Do you think it's just a no name? Do you think we'll find that out ever, or is it just kind of one of those lingering? Who I, knows? I personally think it's Jocasta New, the librarian. Okay, yeah, I think I remember yeah. you guys talking about this on one of your episodes. Oh, I don't know if we—I might have talked about it in the Patreon episode, but yeah, I think it's Jocasta New. I think we'll find out that it was. I, I like um, that. That it was her, the librarian. Um, she probably—I would guess that maybe she had a special relationship with. With baby Gro- uh, with uh, baby Yoda, I almost called him baby Grogu. But, I mean, uh, it's it's a name you could use. Technically, yeah. Sure. yeah. Is is the is the is the actor still alive that played her? I don't no, know. no, she died in 2016. So, was, part of my ignorance is, she, would she be considered a Jedi? Yeah. Oh yeah, 100. percent Okay. Okay. A Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh. She's. I mean, she's in the comics. Um canon comics and you know she's done some battles with with uh sith so yeah okay so she was a librarian by day she was just the librarian empire the- fighter by night yeah basically yeah. man that's a, it's yeah. a badass Sounds pretty great. <laughs> it's like they you know didn't all have to go out and fight that you know but yeah you know she definitely did <laughs> but, you know got to Got to take care of the books. Well, the rest I of the mean, day. sometimes fucking Jedi's wouldn't return their books, and she had to go out there and maybe cut off some limbs. Yeah, Especially you gotta pay hands. your fine. You just force pulled the books back to her from wherever they were. You see a you see a Jedi walking around with one arm, and you're like, oh, I noticed you didn't pay your you didn't pay your fines. You didn't return the book on time, huh? And they're like, yeah. Well, well, if they haven't gotten their like prosthetic yet, it's just because she's been particularly on a rampage, t- getting all the books back, and <laughs> there's like a line. Yeah, the- there's only so many prosthetics can be made at a time. That's true. If, for those, for the people that don't remember Jocasta New, she was in. Um, was it Attack of the Clones where they were looking for the planet and? He, yeah, it was Obi Wan Kenobi that was looking for the planet and and Geonosis, and it wasn't showing up on the maps. I think. Yeah. I you gotta be forgive me because like the prequels are the least Star Wars I've watched, mm-hmm. and every I'll force myself every you know five years or so. Was that an accidental pun? What did I say? What did I say? You forced yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was accidental, but my oh my, did the the humor come through? Yeah, but you know, uh, yeah, it's so. Yeah, I think that if it, she was in uh, Attack of the Clones and with the whole Obi One scene, and so that was. Uh, I think they could get anybody to play her. I don't like if if that's the case. If we get a flashback, which do you guys think? What are the chances that we're going to get a flashback and we're going to find out who saved Grogu? At the temple, do we have any at the at the at the you know the Jedi class, the the, the academy? I mean, I think we're gonna see it. I, yeah, like, I, I, what if we see it and she's got like him on one arm and she's got another little toddler in the other or whatever, and it's like, hey, I got two kids and we're gonna stash them in the books. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet myself now. They're the steel children. <laughs> yeah, part of me wonders though. Like, that's a really great thought that it could be her and I think that would be really cool however because everybody was like going 
aggro on Jedis at the time. What if it was just like a janitor or somebody who's not force sensitive that was just like, uh, these kids are going to die, I better sneak them out or whatever. I wonder if that person could still be alive and maybe get reunited with Grogu at some point. That just could be fun. I mean, let's just get to the first point. If you are a janitor, you would want force powers because that would make your job a lot easier. Well, yeah, they probably wanted them, but you, you don't could, just get you them because you want you them. You clean those toilets hands-free. <laughs> well, you remember Broom Boy. That's true. So I guess in a sense, they already have a canon janitor. And that kid was, I guarantee you, like as soon as like, as soon as like everybody went to bed, he was doing some Fantasia bullshit with those brooms and cleaning oh, yeah, up all was. over the place. Yeah, Absolutely. You don't even want to know what he's going to do with them after the, there's a rebellion there. He's going to not use the, the mop end of that. Oh, I'll tell you that. Man. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. <laughs> Revenge of the janitor. Yes. <laughs> I can't uh, believe you just said that. <laughs> I, I I want it to be Mace Windu, and I know that that's like likely not going to happen. Well, I've seen other people talking about how they've set up so that he can come back, and I'm like, I guess technically we didn't see him die. die. Yeah, so that's that how was. I, I've been saying this forever. Like, like that was one of the first things that I said on our episode. Is like. It, what if it was like Mace Windu who like shows up in this season? But like, then I also said, what if he saved him? Mm-hmm. And it's like, he, he fell. Mm-hmm. Brooke, he fell. I know. That's all he, he fell. Like, I, know. I know he was elect. I know he was like, like, sh- you know, he was like electrocuted. But like, here's the thing. A lot thing. of people have been electrocuted. In the well, it, like, we don't know. We don't know how much the emperor was holding back mm-hmm. when he was electrocuting Luke. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. I mean, we don't, we just don't know. So, I mean, I don't know. It's maybe maybe that killed him, but like he, he was thrown and we've seen Jedi be tossed and thrown. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, I don't know, he could have done something to we didn't see a body. That's all I'm saying. Yes. So. And I know that's kind of like the whole thing about Boba Fett. And I was like, I don't need Boba Fett. But then after the season, I'm like, why did they make me feel like I've always liked Boba Fett? This is not fair. <laughs> But I, you know, I know it, it It was good that they redeemed him from not doing anything. I was one of the, the I was one of the, movies. I was one of the only people that wanted Boba Fett to come back. Right. I was like all for it. I was like, yeah, let's do this. Well, there yeah. was talk for a while, like in the early purchase by Disney, right? That there was going to be a Boba Fett yeah. movie. Josh Trank was originally rumored to be attached to that. So do you think that this was just something that they kind of shifted it over uh, to do the long game for Disney Plus, or do you think that one hundred percent plans plans change all the time? I mean, um, the, uh, Lucas himself was developing a TV series at one time, and it was supposed to be. I know, uh, I think a lot of it was going to be like Young Han Solo, which eventually turned into the Solo movie. But uh, I actually was in contact years ago when I first started, you know, PCL, I was in contact with um, and I can't remember his name right now. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. He was involved in this. He was working directly with Lucas and I was going to have the guy on our podcast to talk about. He was doing an Indiana Jones um, prequel project, like a fan movie on and he was putting it on Kickstarter. And then he got then he got shut down like, you know, I remember uh, that. Yeah, yeah. 
And so, um, of course, I was going to, you know, if we interviewed him, I was going to talk to him about the, you know, I was going to try to talk to him about the Lucas stuff and what they had planned for that series. Um, that series went away. I think absolutely you have Star Wars recycles a lot of stuff and a lot of ideas. They've been recycling Ralph McQuarrie art for the past 40 plus years now. Yeah. Um, there were see, original. There you were, see some of his stuff has come into this season too from whenever you watch the next gallery thing. Like they even talk about that. And I'm like, how, how much concept art did he make? There was um, the original concept art of um, Kylo Ren ended up becoming the Inquisitors on Star Wars Rebels. So, I mean, they've, they like to recycle ideas and things that weren't used. And um, so, yeah, 100%. I think that at one time there was going to be a Boba Fett movie. Then Josh Trank kind of like that whole thing happened where Disney was started to, you know, get scared of some of the people that they had involved in these projects. They started getting rid of Colin Trevorrow. They started, who knows, some of the stuff that Trevorrow had lined up, him and Derek Connolly, that they were doing for, you know, their movie. Who knows? Like, they might even use some of that stuff in the future. It's their property. They can do whatever they want. So we'll see. I 100% believe that. Yeah, I, I mean, it just it, we, we've also heard, you know, that they're shifting more to focus on TV now over movies in general, so, which we've seen after the Investor Day uh, a few weeks ago. So I'm not at all shocked that they've kind of focused on some of these characters that were beloved and and kind of implementing them for the future. I, I mean, I don't know how far in of a reaction it is to what happened with the the newest trilogy, but like maybe a part of it is to potentially fix things for, for some of the hardcore fans who were unhappy with some of the stuff. This, I mean, especially with how the, the season ends. I mean, I can't imagine people are going to be complaining about Luke and how he's portrayed in this one, right? Very few. I mean, there are detractors out there, but yeah, it was, I think it was a hundred percent to basically appease not only the fans that wanted to see badass full on Jedi Luke fight, kind of like what we saw Darth Vader finally do in Rogue One, but like also appease Mark Hamill himself. Mark Hamill, like he can go back on what he said, but he, I, at first he was not happy with the portrayal of Luke in The Last Jedi. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I think I remember him having, it was like tweets he had or something. Oh yeah, yeah, and then like, I think, I think, I don't know. it. I don't know if he like changed his stance on that for a little bit, it felt like he did, and then I don't know if it, like he's fully <laughs> back to like, <laughs> I, you know, I, that's not how I would have played Luke, you know, and, but his, his stance on how he would have played Luke changed constantly. He hated doing the lightsaber stuff. He hated doing the lightsaber stuff. So, you know, he wanted, I think in his original interviews, if you go back and watch some of the interviews that he did after they had finished, you know, Return of the Jedi, he was saying like, yeah, if he did come back and play the character in 30 years, he wanted to be more of like the wizard and uh, less of the, you know, lightsaber stuff. So, because I think he hated using the lightsaber, but hmm. so he wanted to focus more on the force powers then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, since we're on the topic of Luke, you guys want to jump into like just that whole concept of the reveal who the Jedi ended up being, which of course was Luke Skywalker. This I feel confuses me a little bit as far as the timeline and how things play out going into the the newest trilogy. 
because things that are said in that, I don't know if they're just trying to retcon, but it does feel like it does add a confusion on when the events of Ben Solo turning takes place compared to now, what we've just seen with Luke showing up, getting Grogu to, to go train him to, to use his powers and all that stuff. Uh, because from what I understood, Ben Solo was his first apprentice. And that's what helped him get the other kids to then progress with this academy to, to rebuild the Jedi Order. And Ben Solo was supposed to be age 10 at the time. So if we're looking at the math, Ben Solo would only be like four or five at this point. This is like based on various different like Wikipedia and uh, Star Wars visual dictionary stuff. He was, yeah, he was born five years after the Battle of Yavin, but right. we don't know... We don't, they haven't narrowed it down specifically when this takes place. It's either three or five years after, right? After Return of the Jedi. Uh, it says that it takes place, it's that season one starts in nine, ABY. Yeah, that it's, where did you get that from? Because it might be. W Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's one of those things like it depends on who you it depends on where you go and mm -hmm. who you're talking to at the time because Favreau when it first series came out he was first saying it was five years now he will not give you a time interesting it's like, okay. it's like it's like he's pulled back on that so a lot of the articles and stuff that's still out there from mm -hmm. Wikipedia is basically going by what he originally stated. So okay. I don't think that any of this, like the time frame, is 100% going to be revealed until they have to let us know when it's happening okay. in the timeline. So, but I, but I don't, but then again, I don't know. So, I mean, visually, what we see Luke look like is he's very clearly close to the age that he was after the last movie, uh, that, you know, when he, the original trilogy. So, yeah, based I on the assume it's within the time frame of of the events of that, right? I, I guess within the five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, based on the timeline that we established, may or may not be accurate. Uh, he should be about twenty eight years old when he shows up in Mandalorian. So theoretically, that makes sense as far as what he what he looked like. Of course, there's only so much you can do with the de aging technology. Say, mm -hmm. so how do you guys feel about the de aging technology? Do you think it worked well? Do you think it was pretty bad? Uh, I know it's been kind of spotty depending on where they've used it in the Disney properties. Mm, I did not think it looked good. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's like. The stills looked way better than the like actual. Yes. <laughs> yeah. His, his upper, li upper lip his... didn't move. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then the light in his eyes was wrong. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but. The deep, know... <laughs> the deep fake video, if you watch that, looks so much better. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I, I, I saw somebody uh, tweet it, but I hadn't watched it yet. Yeah, there's a side by side. So if you want to yeah. see, I think we, t I think I tweeted it on our Twitter feed, but like oh, that's probably a, where I saw it. It's a side by side of like what we got and what could have been with the deep fake. Mm -hmm. Even with the deep fake, though, like the face looked better. I mean, it looked more detailed. Like it, mm -hmm. you could, like it, it, it just looked better. Um, but the upper lip still wasn't moving. They, I mean, whatever, they needed to put more money into this, to be quite honest with you, because mm -hmm. Marvel Studios has nailed this. They've yes. nailed it. They, and and we're, not, we're not years away from this technology. They can do it now. It's just there was definitely budget restraints, and they, we got what we got. They just, but 
who do they use for Marvel? Do they use ILM or do they use somebody else? I that I have no idea. I and I don't know why Marvel can do it right and they can't because mm-hmm. it's because even when you watched Rogue One, mm-hmm. Leia did not look like young Leia. Mm-mm. Right? I mean, it's just like Moff Gideon didn't work either. I mean, it just Tarkin. It, uh, You're still a Mandalorian. Target. God, thank you. But those, Target, those thank you. yeah. Also, it's like the stills were like, okay, yeah, I can see it. And like the reflection when they were talking to Tarkin and you saw his reflection looked really good. But then when he turns around, it's like, oh, he's plastic. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's like, you might were, as well have had someone wearing a rubber mask. There's a funny start, side story about, um, I don't know if it's funny. You guys probably won't laugh anyway. But it's uh, about Tarkin. Is they, they In those movies, when they filmed him, the actor, they never got a shot of his feet. So when they had to do the feet for the movie, they didn't really know what to, like, they, it was like a big thing. Like, how do we make his feet look? Because <laughs> he was, he hated the shoes that they gave him for the character. So he refused to wear them. And he wore something like, like slippers or mm-hmm. something on set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he, he he was super uncomfortable with like what they gave him and he's like i'm not wearing that i'm wearing these and he wore slippers so they never got a shot of his feet so like that was a big thing when they, peter when cushing they were, was peter cushing had wanted cushing for his feet see no one laughed at mine either so <laughs> i get it <laughs> okay peter, well peter cushing was a doctor for doctor who because there were two movies and he played the doctor. I got to, you know, I've got to throw in one of my other fandoms in there somehow connection. So there. <laughs> well, I think they should have just showed him in slippers and the uh, <laughs> Rogue One. <laughs> like, like bunny Just, slippers. you know, like fan service for the, the people um, that know that, that story. Yeah. You know? And then what we can the get name? like the, we can get the Lucas <laughs> cut where he's wearing Crocs. Oh no. I was like, bunny slippers. What is that? What is that rabbit that um, was with Han Solo in the comic books or whatever? Uh, Jax or something? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Nope. There was like this giant rabbit. Anyway, anybody out there who knows about the giant rabbit that I can't remember the name of, that would be funny if that's what kind of slippers he was wearing. <laughs> and it's like cricket. <laughs> oh, you are you are oh for five this episode. I know. <laughs> You are just shooting up bricks. You're like Don't fucking worry. Shaquille O'Neal at the free throw line. We'll, we'll script some jokes <laughs> for you uh, next time you're on. <laughs> I'm going to have jokes for you. No, I think honestly, like any joke that you bring up this episode, you need to let us review it first before we actually. It <laughs> needs to go. Any joke, any joke needs to go before a panel this point oh. on, Brooke. Oh. We need to treat this like it's American Idol. We need to. <laughs> You will Joe not be going to Las Vegas. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, Thanks. I have a follow-up question to this Mark Hamill situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, Do... we're still talking about Mark yeah. Hamill. Well, I mean, it Luke was Skywalker, lost, really. It was, it I, was thought, I thought we were still talking about these fucking bunny slippers. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that it would have been better for them to spend more money and make the CGI look better or to just have somebody else do it? You know, what do you, what do you think would have been better? Well, we had the whole, uh, like, I don't know, is it was the fan casting or whatever. People like showing side-by-sides of uh, Sebastian Stan mm-hmm. as Mark Hamill from, like, when he was, like, young or whatever, right? In, in the Star Wars movies. So, like, that would have been an easy way to fix that if they wanted to have 
a cheap way of getting a live action version of him, you know, in his year. Screw that. Screw that. He's still alive. Give me, give me Mark Hamill. Well, I know. And of course that's why they did that. And I feel like they, they wouldn't have done this just because they know it would probably not go over well with the, the fans of the originals and, and well, you know, Mark Hamill himself. Right. So I think they kind of had to go the CGI route if they were going to do this. You got to drop sense. that extra money. You got to drop that extra money. I mean, yeah. The scene it was listen to me. The, the scene was still impactful for me. Don't get me wrong. Like I it's the story that speaks, not the CGI. But on the flip side, like it would have been awesome if it was just Marvel Studios de-aging seamless, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. It's weird because you get these um, deep fake videos out there that look better than the cinematic version. So, like, how is that a thing? Like, just hire those people. Well, yeah, well it, you had... oh, sometimes it has to deal with like a uh, time frame of doing it and all that kind of thing. And yeah, they yeah. should hire some of those people. And oh, this is another Doctor Who. Sorry, but there some guy did like a Doctor Who thing like that, and then they hired him to do the credits for the next season. Nice, because he was so good. So he gets to do a lot of that stuff now, and it's exciting. So it does happen. I love how you're just sprinkling in Doctor Who tidbits this episode, bro. Whenever I I talk about Star Trek, I always end up talking about Star Wars. So Wouldn't it have been awesome if David Tennant showed up at the end of The Mandalorian in the TARDIS? Oh, well, I was going to say as his his Clone Wars character. He's the lightsaber guy. Was he in the the lightsaber guy? You can turn anything into Doctor Who, can't you? (laughs) A talent. It is a talent. Gosh, I've got no jokes and all, and just Doctor Who facts. Oh, I looked up that. I looked up the rabbit. He's a big green rabbit. He was from like the seventies and eighties comics, and his name is Jackson J A X X O N. And because those were Marvel comics and all, they are now they are back into the canon. So he could show up, and that's hilarious. Oh my God! Thank you for looking up that rabbit. <laughs> I I just wanted to make sure I had the right name because I kept saying Jax, but that's my brother's dog, and it's Jack's son with two X's. Yeah, Jax's son. <laughs> right. Yes. I would not have felt like this episode was complete had you not looked up those facts. So I know. Thank I you. mean, none of you would have been able to sleep without knowing. You know. Yeah. I I saved the day for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to oh. title this one Mandalorian season two slash Doctor Who quiz. Doctor Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Write that one down, Brooke. Okay. <laughs> uh, Steven, Steven, you've got to be rethinking this episode at this point, right? <laughs> I'm just wishing I knew any of the references to Doctor Who because I have. The the only Doctor Who I've ever seen was a holiday special with some snowmen who were taking uh-huh. over a town, and that was it. I had no context outside of Doctor Who beyond That's that. Fine. So, All but right. since we're super off the rails, maybe we should uh, <laughs> steer back to some of the other characters from this. Well, I, I one question for Luke at the very least. Okay, are you guys completely satisfied with it being Luke in the end as far as the reveal? Would you have rather see somebody else? Do you feel like it worked really well? It couldn't have been anyone else? Like, what are your complete thoughts on that being the Jedi? It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what Luke was doing at this time. He was 
going around searching for Jedi temples, Jedi texts, and, mm. and he was very in tune with the Force. So if you know if you get Grogu on the Seeing Stone, if he's going to reach any Jedi that are out there, more than likely it's going to be Luke. We don't mm. know the whereabouts of Ezra right now, except for like mm-hmm. the last time we saw Ezra. And he, at this point, Ezra would be around the same age as Luke, 28, 29 years old. Right. Um, and so we don't really know. And I don't want to know anything about Ezra right now until Filoni is ready to tell us the rest of that story. Well, you have to assume that's going to tie into the Ahsoka show, right? I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. I mean, that, I don't, that would be the most logical route is well, isn't that somehow. Yeah. Well, be, well, I mean, it, exactly. She's like, where's basically the whole question for that series is like, where's Thrawn? And like, we know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we know how that ties in with uh, Ezra's story. Mm-hmm. So that makes 100 percent sense. I, I guess if it would have been if it would have been the video game Jedi Cal Kestis, I would have been like, okay, I I didn't play the video game. Mm-hmm. Whoopie shit, it's this guy. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, if it would have been Mace Windu, I would have been like, holy shit, wow. But I love the fact that it was Luke. It makes 100% sense mm-hmm. that it was Luke. And yeah, I, I just... But what? You're, you're absolutely right, though. I wanted to point out that it's canon that Luke's first Padawan was Kylo Ren. So... Something has to happen here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how yeah. does am I maybe I'm not super deep into the Star Wars knowledge either, but is there a, just a terminology difference? Is he is Luke coming to pick up Grogu and gonna kind of start teaching him, but he's not like officially his apprentice? Like I, I don't really know how that works, but maybe that's an explanation. Does Does he have to? I mean, here's the thing: it's like, does he have to accept him as a as a student, I I don't know. Like I don't know if that was like what happened there. Was that mm-hmm. him accepting him as a student? Is that what we saw? Or like I don't think that's what knows. I got out of it was he was taking him in to teach him how to use the force and control it better. Yeah, but like even so, he didn't have to take naps every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. Like, do we basically strike the Kylo Ren stuff from the record as canon then? I, I mean, like that's what I'm trying to, to figure out. Are they, are, they, are they trying to shift over and, and fix some of the things that people may have had problems with? Or is it just, we'll get those answers. And it's all still canon, but it will make more sense over time. Yeah, because I think there's going to be an explanation. Gragu's got to be some kind of sad story at this point. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he didn't exist before because they didn't have him. But Star Wars is just known for, for making you... <laughs> want those relationships to work and then they just strip them away from you mm-hmm. so something has to happen whether grogu goes evil or i don't know i because we see hints you know that he's not necessarily gonna have the ability to become i guess a, not necessarily a jedi but just the good side of the force right so i i mean ahsoka was, was very clear it, uh, she was worried that he would become another anakin mm-hmm I, that's kind of where I'm expecting it to go is is he's something's going to happen. Like maybe he's going to have a bad ending going into uh, where they go for the, the, the trilogy with Kylo Ren as the, the ultimate downfall of Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I well, mean, another I, another question I do have then is, do you guys think that Gragu is around during the time that Kylo Ren or I guess Ben Solo at the time is at the academy, or do you think he's long gone? Since this is presumably, I don't know, what like twelve or twenty-ish years difference. He'd be, I think he would be long gone, wouldn't he? 
Well, on one hand, it seems like he would, but then the other hand, he's already 50 and he still basically acts like a baby. So Mm -hmm. how long does it take to teach him? It seems like it might take him longer than other species. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I don't know. I I think like, I think like once he starts getting, um, I think like maybe there's, there's been rumors about his race that like they actually were born of the midichlorians as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The wills, you know, like we don't know if they're called the wills, but, and we really don't, we don't know what his race is called at this point but i don't know could we theorize maybe or i'm just theorizing that his race doesn't really grow any older until they start learning ways of the forest like they don't interesting let me point hold on let me point this out let me finish this thought Mm -hmm. because what i'm trying to say is in canon by the time yoda is a hundred years old yoda is teaching other jedi he's taking Mm -hmm. on padawans Mm -hmm. so has baby Grogu not, since he's not been training with anyone and learning the ways of the force, has it stunted his mm-hmm. growth as this species? And will mm-hmm. he start mm-hmm. to grow rapidly now? Mm-hmm. Could we do next time we see Grogu, maybe sometime midway through season three or at the at tail end of season three, could we see like a rapid growth of the character? I'm not talking mm-hmm. about like in inches in height, but just like mm-hmm. as far as like, character talking character Mm -hmm. you know using a lightsaber you know i mean i i'm just throwing it out there no i like that because he was in we don't know how long he was in his little egg basket you know it's like Mm -hmm. because that was what you you know 20 years or whatever like since he's been taught and so he could have been stowed away he could have actually had people talking to him or he could have just been completely in there by himself and he's turned into like nell well, Soka does say that he's had many masters as mm-hmm. far as, you know, That's since true. the time that he left the Academy to this point. He's he's been with multiple Jedi, it seems. I thought she I thought she was saying that he had that there were several at the Academy because he was, you know, because it would have been he would have it would have been like 20 years or whatever. How old he was, you know what I mean? Oh, OK, I guess that's a that's more. I was getting it realistic way of looking at that okay so it was she she said then it it was someone yeah someone took him away and then it and then his timeline grows dark basically you know like it's bad times and he's trying to keep himself safe or whatever and hide his abilities and that's gonna also calm down any anything that he's got you know like they say it's like riding a bike but honestly if i tried to get on a bike right now i would probably fall off immediately (laughs) even though i rode one as a kid you know it's like it's not that simple just to kind of jump back in doing force work i would assume i do want to point out that he wasn't hiding his powers that much when he wanted those cookies (laughs) (laughs) oh oh and back to yes and that was something that reminded me of back to um din be like his relationship with they with uh grogu he's like when he like spits up all the cookies, he uses his cape to wipe his mouth, and I'm like, that's so adorable. That's such like a parent thing. Yeah, I I, I, I did notice that. Uh, and also, the cookies are blue, just like the milk. Yeah, I was like, oh, do you think they were made with bantha milk? They're they're using the <laughs> the same ingredients, I think, to make everything. It seems. I, I think they're they're probably going the long game with, with this character, though, right? It, I would not be shocked if we see this character down the line as a different age in a different atmosphere. You know, kind of like what they're doing with Groot in 
the Marvel movies. You're getting different ages of the character to give. Uh, basically, it's like it's a, it feels like a different character, but it's not. That's true. So um, maybe at some point, OK, so if he's the same race as Yoda, we are assuming this or we know it. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Yoda can speak. So at one maybe his time in isolation of not, not being able to speak to people caused him to not be able to speak as well, or he just never learned or he regressed like you suggested, Brooke. But um, I'm hoping that they don't do the Groot thing where he just says like one thing or I'm, I'm hoping they do eventually. If well, we I see him grow up, he talks. will speak. I just mean no, I know. Yeah. visually. Yeah, I get it. I would hope that if they, if we see him grow older at some point that he can talk and actually not just be like a cute baby thing. Oh, it's gonna piss off fans. It's gonna piss I off know. a lot of fans. Like I know. This. And then and then you gotta figure <laughs> out like how is the how is the baby gonna sound? Yeah. You know, what's the baby's voice gonna sound like? It's gonna be like Grogu am I? So I was <laughs> <thinking> of... <laughs> at least someone laughed at that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jessica, for throwing her a bone. I paid her off. <laughs> there you go. I'll take it. Whatever. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, but like Brian said, like we don't, I mean, for all we know, maybe they don't work in the sense of time and aging. Maybe theirs is based off development through training of the force or That's, just absorbing I'm, it. Yeah, that was, it's just a theory. I mean, the original, like, you know, um, like the Jedi text and th- back in the day, it, they were, it was rumored that they were called the book of the wills and that's a Lucas thing. It never, I don't think it's ever made its way into Canon. I mean, you can Google it if you want to the book of the wills, but like, and so there was, there was, there was a, um, uh, a rumor that maybe Yoda's race were actually called the wills. It's never been confirmed, but we do know that it sounds like John Favreau and Lucas did talk. And I read that Lucas told Favreau the name of the race so that could come into play I'm I'm just going off the stuff that I remember so but yeah I think that that I mean if you if you're dealing with a race that's like of the midichlorians like yeah I don't know that's kind of cool to think about that he can't grow as a as a being unless he's unless he's being taught the ways of the force so does that make then does that make him have to stay with Luke until his training is complete, if that's the case, theoretically speaking. Well, I guess as long as, in the sense of growing, he would have to. But if he just like, you know, I'm good, he could walk away at any point, right? I assume yeah. he wouldn't lose whatever knowledge he has. I think there's holes. I think there's holes in my, in my hypothetical. I'm not even. I'm not liking it anymore. <laughs> I don't think they would go the route, but I could see it because I mean, you look at Clone Wars or no. Rebels, sorry. You look at Rebels, they got very in-depth with, like, what the Force was and the the yin and yang of the balance and all of that, right? So I could see them doing that, but I think because of the general audience, they might not go that far into what the Force is as far as, like, impacting species, I guess. Yeah, I, guess I don't know. I, I'm, he I'm, would be I'm, the I'm... exception because nobody else would have that kind of a thing, but... Sure. I'm just... I think I'm getting as I'm talking about it and I'm getting lost in the weeds. And so it's like, why would you want to get your audience lost in the weeds with it as well? My theory sucks. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, 
no, I can see you. We, they could probably figure out something similar to that. I do appreciate your theory. So I don't. The more I think fine. about it, the more I hate it, Brooke. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay, so maybe we can circle back <laughs> to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna go kind of reverse order here, but uh, some of the other big characters that we saw this season. Um, one of the other huge new characters that everybody was excited about was Ahsoka Tano, um, played by Rosario Dawson. And um, we also found out that there's going to be an Ahsoka Tano show separately, which is pretty cool. What did everybody think about the portrayal of Ahsoka? Because I know there's lots of other properties in which she lives in the animated series and whatnot. And I haven't watched those, so I can't speak to it. But I want to know what you guys thought. Um, I I liked it. At first, I was kind of annoyed because it didn't seem like she was holding her lightsabers right because Ahsoka holds them backwards a lot. But then mm. there were times when she was fighting and she did do that. And I was like, okay, it's probably more practical to do it the normal way. But then she'd, you know, flip around or whatever. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Um, also, I really want... It's never gonna... I, like, I would really would have read their, her show be called Snips because... <laughs> That's what Anakin calls her. And um, I just want that in there somehow. <laughs> but that won't happen. I'm kind of excited for this because I really liked her in Clone Wars. And then, you know, she shows up in Rebels a bit. And um, yeah, I really liked her. Her, I, I think she did the character justice in, in this. So Yeah, she's probably one of my favorite characters that came out of Clone Wars. And like I was really excited when I heard that she was going to be a live action going into this so um i thought she looked great i know there was i guess some complaints about the size of her head thingy but tendrils or whatever you want to call them yeah but i i don't know maybe that's just an article that was trying to get clicks that i saw the next day well but and they're longer in rebels because she's older so, you know, and then there's that other Jedi that has them in the, what is her name? Anyway, but hers are really long and it's just, you would assume that they'd get longer with years, but also it may not be very practical for her to jump around with them on, with it too long and flying all around, but. Yeah, there was actually, uh, I can't remember who it was. I want to say it was John Favreau um, was talking about that with some news article and he was saying that they based on age because she she should be if she should be approximately in her 40s here so based on the timeline they should theoretically be longer but for practical reasons and doing all the stunts they had to make them shorter that's kind of what i figured i took it as like they just whatever cosmetically needed to have it shorter for the ability to do stuff they call you know he calls her snips maybe she snipped him off (laughs) maybe she did (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know what Snips Snips would be a good. I don't like Snips as the like for the name of like the Ahsoka show, but I like <laughs> Snips for like a reality show about men getting vasectomies. I knew that's what you were gonna say. Really, you knew I was gonna go there. <laughs> they could call it Snip Tuck. Oh no, no, no that's not what didn't work, huh? No, you should have just you should have just let it lay, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Jessica is hating this episode. I can hear yeah, it in her voice. She is. I get, yeah, like I can, I can hear it. <laughs> not, I'm not. The last episode. Oh, I can't. I'm confident. I, I am never gonna get invited back. And <laughs> Jessica's like, Brian is dead to me. <laughs> I mean, at least you nope. have people laughing at <laughs> your jokes. Them, throw them out a window. 
No, I th- honestly, Brooke, here's the thing. I think with my jokes, it's it's an uncomfortable laugh. With yours, it's just because they're not funny. But with mine, it's just like an uncomfortable kind of laugh, right? <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I did this. <laughs> Brooke, you know I love you. I'm just fucking with yeah. you. No, I know. It's just I, I laugh so hard. It's so much fun. Because we're just, we just like to be jerks to each other. <laughs> we like to bust each other's balls like that vasectomy show. Yes. Snip tuck. Uh, let it lay. <laughs> just lay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, oh. I, I, th- I kind of wish they had more of her though uh, to get back to Ahsoka. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Only because my snip tuck is not working out. Yeah, it's not a hit, so you got to move on. Okay. Um, I, I, I guess it makes sense that that she was really just a, a one off just to kind of spin off her episode, but I or her show. But I kind of wish it did kind of die a little bit more into her. I think I I would have enjoyed seeing her be the one that, that revealed at the end to come rescue Gragu. But I, I guess technically she's not a Jedi, so... And she also said, she already said she couldn't train him. Yeah. Uh, I, well, well, well and is that I... a personal choice? Or was that like she legally can't because she... <laughs> legally? <laughs> but the Jedi Council would come They're after her. Ha- <laughs> I thought What's it was a personal the Jedi choice. The Jedi Council is going to hand her like a... Like server some Jedi papers about cancel her. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, also... it. You know, you you think, oh, it might be Luke. It's an X-Wing. But also, there might be other X-Wings. And then you don't see any others. Because she wouldn't have been an, an X-Wing. Right. The yeah. only Jedi up until, you know, further on here. Then we've got, what, Rey flying around in one. And she's Jedi-ish. She's Force-sensitive. Got a lightsaber and stuff. So, you know, it, like that was sort of a little, oh, look, someone's coming. to They're coming to save the day. Oh, wait, it's just one. Oh, Oh, it's the one. Um, except, except for Cindy was like, oh, whenever like he showed his face and it was adorable. And um, she goes, I should have known he had a green lightsaber and one gloved hand. <laughs> the like, funny yeah. thing is the entire time. Okay. So like you said, like when they show the X-Wing, I'm like, okay, it's probably going to be Luke. Then they show the guy come out with the green lightsaber. I'm like, okay, it's looking like it's Luke. But I also got thinking, what if they're tricking us? Like, yeah. uh, up until they actually took the hood off, I was thinking to myself, I feel like they might just be trying to fuck with us and that it's not going to be him. It's going to be somebody else who just, some random asshole, for whatever reason, nowhere. has a very similar look. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise, but. it's Sebastian Stan for <laughs> That's what I was, I was hoping that it was going to be uh, Frozen Space Leia. And that, you know, remember, remember her in The Last Jedi? <laughs> When she's frozen out in space. She hasn't been frozen yet. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish my thought. All right. (laughs) This is just, we find out in this episode, it all ties back. This is how she travels around in space. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gotcha. Frozen space Leia. Mm -hmm. She just kind of slowly makes her way out there, frozen in space. (laughs) That arrives on the ship. She's a galactic Uber driver. Yeah. (laughs) She doesn't get anywhere quickly. 
But the she rebellion will actually didn't pay well. There. She'll always get you there. Yeah. She'll get you there. Yeah. Just hop a ride on frozen space Leia travels. Okay. I know. I know, Jessica. I'm done too. I'm done too. Uh, yeah, I need a ride to Tatooine. I'm glad it wasn't Ahsoka. I uh, mm-hmm. I love that it was Luke. Mm-hmm. That it's just it's more of a for me it's just more for the fandom I think it's more of a fist pumping mo- moment mm-hmm. than just Ahsoka showing. I mean, we already got Ahsoka. Are you saying like we don't get that whole episode with Ahsoka and we just get her showing up at the end? Here? Yes, that's kind of what I expected it to be. When I knew she was going to be on there, I was like, okay, so she's probably going to be. It just doesn't make oh, sense yeah. for the story. It makes yeah. zero sense for the story with her, like with her whole series and with everything that happened in Rebels with Thrawn, all mm-hmm. of that. It doesn't make sense that she would take on a Padawan at this time. It makes more sense in this timeline for Luke to be able to mm-hmm. take on a Padawan. And mm-hmm. it means so much more, in my opinion, for, mm-hmm. for Luke to be training or taking care of a young baby Yoda, mm-hmm. like after being trained by Yoda and then now to train a baby Yoda, it's just, mm-hmm. it's that much more impactful to the story. Ahsoka just seems like, uh, yeah, uh, uh-uh. I, yeah, it, that would not have worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Ahsoka's like, I'm, I knew Yoda. I never met Yaddle, but everybody's going to make a big deal about it on <laughs> online. Or is that just in my uber geek circles? Yaddle. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> I'm familiar with Yaddle. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't just supposed to be a joke. Was no. that like a another yeah, in, Yoda-like in pre- character? In the prequels, you see them at the Jedi Council. Oh, and there's right, like right. this like, Yoda-looking figure with like a wig that's creep even creepier than Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, in my head, if they were to have put Ahsoka in that position at the end of the series or the season, it would have been obviously with the context of everything happening being different. But seeing what they did, uh, it, it makes sense how they did it. Uh, I guess what I'm torn with, because I'm not, I don't hate it. I'm, I, I feel like I'm very neutral on whether they bring in the old trilogy stuff. But I guess in my head, I was expecting this series to be its own thing. And so now they're bringing in a bunch of stuff and, and really tying it in. And, and I was kind of surprised by that. I guess I thought they were going to acknowledge it, have, you know, cameo stuff or, or Easter eggs. You know, we see all these different races that we've seen in, in the other movies and stuff or, or just little things like the pod racer speed bike looked very similar to Anakin's thing. Um, oh, yeah. That Cobb Vanth was on. Yeah. So yeah. I... I guess I, started, I was just I was I expecting calling. this to not really tie in that much other than just being in the same universe and, and seeing resemblances to other things. Um and again, I don't know, maybe that's just their way of trying to fix things that that made a division between fans. I don't know. No, I've absolutely had that thought many times. Like I feel like it makes sense for Luke to show up, but also if you're going to do that, might as well have him have a kick-ass fucking scene where he's going around and destroying these dark troopers. I mean, you know, down to the last dark trooper where he's just using the force to crush it like a tin can. It was it, awesome. And we almost didn't see, for me, felt like we weren't going to see that with anybody because I was expecting that exact scenario with the Mandalorian in that you know, when he shows up and those things start coming online, trying to break through that wall. That's what I expected. And then we got the, oh, throw them all out into the, into space. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, but like that's how easy are these, how easy are these things going to be able to 
get taken down once the plans go through that Dr. Pershing was working on, being forced to work on. What if they start injecting these dark troopers with baby Yoda's force midichlorians? I mean, that's basically where, I mean, in the comics, like, well, not in the legends, mm -hmm. that's what happens is there are dark troopers that are force sensitive. And I think Bobby. this scene right here shows us that a Jedi can take care of them. But like now, you know, now let's say you have dark troopers that can use the force. Mm -hmm. I mean, how is Luke and how is that what they're trying to stop? Are we going to see this come to fruition? Are, are dark troopers that are force sensitive? Is that something that we're going to see in this show going forward? Or does that idea stop here? <laughs> So do you mean like as real people or whatever beings, not not, they're cloning. not droids? They're cloning. They're cloning. They're cloning. Yeah, they're but cloning. I, I took that as them trying to connect the dots to, to Snoke nine and mm. how that reveal was that he was a clone of himself with the force, whatever. Do, but when you have a great idea, does it just stop? with one thing or do you say let's make another um death star and let's make <laughs> another star killer base does it mm -hmm. just stop with snoke clones or do you find a way to take this new thing and do everything you can with it i, I think like if you look and see that's like one one of the things in the star wars universe that people would gripe about with star wars is every movie there's a death star mm -hmm. well Sure. I mean, if you have something like if you like, did they did for World War Two? Did they and world you know for all these wars? Did they only make one tank? Mm -hmm. Did did the Nazis only use one tank, or did they make more? I mean, you're gonna have sure you could have multiple in the Star Wars universe. I understand. It's just like it's it feels like it's just you're just getting the same thing. I'm just saying they could do. Not only could they be tying this into like the Snoke clones, of course, for Episode you know, episode nine. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we do know dark troopers were pulled from legends and we do know what happened with dark troopers there. They were injected with the, with the, uh, the midi chlorines or whatever you want to call it. They were force sensitive. I think they could use this kind of, you know, science and technology in, in other ways. I don't think it just has to be one thing. So would they maybe somehow put the uh, biological element, I guess, back into these dark that troopers question because those were completely droids but sure like, yeah yeah because they wouldn't have to necessarily be people in armor they could be you know like i don't know you know uh grievous is is almost completely a machine but he still has some like biological parts like Boom. it would you nailed it you, you nailed know? it. That's I it, think that's what we're I think that's what we're going to. I think that yeah. that's what they want. But isn't that a full circle then? Because well, I mean, it already was with this whole concept because the prequels they use droids. Then mm -hmm. the whole master plan was shifted over to stealing the clone army yeah. and using them as your soldiers. This and seems perfectly Star saying, Wars to me. Mm -hmm. Doesn't now it? they're saying, oh, you know what? The human aspect is what was fucking us over with having these loyal armies. And mm -hmm. so now we're going to go back to these dark troopers, which are droids again. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was an interesting full circle from what they did with the prequels all the way through, where they, mm -hmm. they kind of just were like, you know what? I think maybe droids were the better route from the beginning. But then they'd have to, like, in order to have, if they decided, well, what if they had the force 
sensitive, you know, if they had some sort of force sensitive sensitivity, oh, I can't get that word out, um, that they would probably have to have. So, cause I mean, I feel like if Grievous had lost, you know, what his lungs and I guess his brain or head his or whatever he had, I mean, like, yeah, you know, like that, that he wouldn't have, if he didn't have any more biological matter to him, he wouldn't have, there wouldn't be anything for the force to connect to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the end, I guess the perfect goal would be have a droid that has a biological brain that element. That yeah, there's got to be I, some kind of failsafe though, because if you have force sensitive droids, this is like Skynet. <laughs> and we so kind of like the that, worst version I mean, of that. <laughs> I don't know about you, Brian, but I I know T two is one of your favorite movies. This felt like Terminator to me. Like just seeing those things go online and mm-hmm. and. Like I got a complete Terminator vibes from that, that the whole scene with those things coming on and, and attacking the Mandalorian. And yeah, it was like, it was like, basically it was like Iron Man armor, but they're Terminators, mm-hmm. you know, cause they're flying around and, and stuff like that. But yeah, hundred percent Terminator. Um, and what do you, what do you do when you don't have a Jedi around? And like, this shows my, this shows Moff Gideon, like what a Jedi, just one Jedi could do to his entire army there. And you think that you think they're going to stop there? No, I I think like the whole reason Dr. Pershing was doing like this testing and stuff was to do something with baby Yoda's blood. It's going somewhere. And you, I mean, we can easily make the connection to, to the Snoke clones and all that and all that stuff. But I think on the flip side, they could take it another step further with the dark troopers and, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, Scary to think. <laughs> scary to think about um, robots that have uh, the power of the of the dark side. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. my only thought would be presumably Palpatine is still in control, right? He's he's behind the scenes of all of this, based off that newest trilogy. So by that logic, would he want the potential of these stormtroopers or death troopers that could have these force powers that may have the ability to threaten his power? I don't, I don't, I don't know if this, I don't know if this, I think it's, I think it's all Thrawn pulling the strings here. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think it's the emperor. I think what we're looking at, I think Moff Gideon is, is directly under the control of, I think we'll find out that he's been working for Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, now that, that was kind of my question I had for Moff Gideon is who exactly is he in the sense of ranks? Because so you don't think that this is considered the the Empire anymore? This is a, a different sector, I guess. I I think so. I, I I think so. I think it'll at this point. I think so. But I I I, I could be wrong. I think like it's definitely the technology and the science that they're doing now is going to be stuff that lays the groundwork for Snoke and things like that. 100%. But I think right now Moff Gideon is being controlled by Thrawn. I think Thrawn is given the orders from wherever he's at. Or these are like orders that he had given out. But okay, I don't know. I have, I have questions for you then. Um, what did you guys interpret the creepy creature body situation to be in the tanks in that lab that they went or the, the base that they went to go destroy and they found out it was a lab? I definitely thought Snoke when I saw it just because okay. it- Okay. Reminded me of that, but I didn't necessarily think that's definitely what it was. But it just right. it made it made a connection for me. Okay. Which is just Palpatine, right? Wasn't that the whole point? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, it, it may be Pal because Palpatine could, you know, it wasn't Snoke that was actually connecting Ray and Kylo Ren. It was Palpatine that was doing that. So 
could he maybe if he was actually behind all of all of it way far way behind all of it could he maybe control the like force sensitive clone droids maybe somehow like with a hive mind kind of thing mm, interesting mm. you know it like maybe it's his own yeah. powers that are controlling it and it's not necessarily somebody else's being yeah like well cuz like in you know, Clone Wars, the clones have inhibitors, you know, so that they know that they need to kill them. when Order mm. 66 comes up. They know they have to to kill uh, the Jedi and all that, you know, and or I guess I don't know if it would be an inhi- I can't remember exactly what they called it. But, you know, uh, yeah, it was Order if 66. they gave them. Well, no, I meant the if, the little chip thing in their the little biological oh, chip thing yeah. in their brain or whatever. But, you know, I can't imagine if they were going to give brains to these droids just so that they could have force powers, then they would have to have some sort of failsafe, like you were saying earlier, you know, so that they can... Like a suicide who, squad call Whoever's... It. Right, yes. Yeah. So, so whoever's in charge. <laughs> what if... Either. Real quick. What if we find out, like, what we saw in the tanks was just... They were trying to make... They were trying to make clones from the emperor's blood and it just wasn't working yeah and so now they've got so it's it's a failed experiment they've tried to make clones from the emperor's blood it's not working so now they've gotten a hold of you know and i'm not saying they're making clones of palpatine to resurrect palpatine Mm. they're just using his blood to make these force imbued clones to right. do their bidding or or to eventually take over some dark trooper armor mm-hmm. or something yeah but it's not, for some reason that blood's not working mm-hmm. and it and and we're looking at the failed experiments of that so they that's why they went after grogu mm-hmm. yeah right, that he, makes sense because Palpatine had, was very, very strong with the Force. And then we know that now Anakin is dead. So there's, you know, the, the, maybe no one had taken his blood <laughs> or anything. And so they're just, you know, they, they figured out that this child had very, as he said, high M count. And I was glad he didn't break out Metaclorians, the whole thing. So, uh, but, you know, still tying it back. And, you know, it's, so, I mean, like, I don't know why they wouldn't have gone after Luke, because I think Luke was powerful, but maybe it's just he got more powerful later than he was at the time, but he was still obviously fairly more powerful by the end of Return of the Jedi than he was at the be- when he first started training, of course. But I think it's easier to get baby from this bl- uh, blood from yes. a baby than it would be to, you know, point. a f- yeah. fully-fledged Jedi. That's true, that's true. They probably wouldn't have been able to hold him at all because he doesn't necessarily have to sleep after he does things. <laughs> yeah, and if they're smart about it with the baby, they'll draw a bunch of blood, feed him, take care of him, then they can draw more blood. <laughs> I mean, they weren't very nice to him. Put I mean, they, on they, him. Didn't see, they weren't going about it the right way to get the most blood out of him without killing him, in my opinion. But, you know. <laughs> one of my favorite memes is just like one of the stormtroopers and above it, it's like, put the, you want us to put the baby in shackles? Does that mean we're the bad guys? We have baby shackles or something. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Hilarious. Thank God he was on stun, right? That would have been awkward. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I forgot to change it again. I, I was also very confused on the doctor. Pershing, is that what his name was? Dr. Pershing. Mm-hmm. Pershing. Was he evil or not? Like, I felt like he cared about the kid, and 
the small times we saw him talking, but then like he's also working for the Empire trying to do this. Is that just like another tie-in to the episode where we get Bill Burr being the character who who defected and you kind of see both sides of of these people from the Empire? Is it just another example of like they think they're fighting for the better cause? Or was he just the bad guy? I, I couldn't really tell. I don't I think he's kind of basically kind of like uh Mads Mickelson mm-hmm. uh his character in Rogue One. What was his name? Uh Urso. Um okay, that Galen makes a lot Urso. more sense. What was his first name? Galen. Galen Urso. I think like that's I think he was basically if he didn't do what they wanted him to do, I mean So he was a prisoner. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I one hundred percent think and so. Maybe you know, where Galen Urso's uh family you know was taken care of or whatever like Jen ran away you know his wife is dead like they don't really have for him they they didn't have enough and I, I want to use the word collateral because I was watching the vow <laughs> HBO Max anyway um they didn't have enough to necessarily keep him from doing something that would eventually destroy the you know to have the the thing to destroy the death star so like maybe dr pershing has a like a family and they have they're holding them captive and they're like hey if you don't do this stuff for us we're gonna hurt them so he's just trying to do it as nicely and ethically as possible as he can so that they don't hurt somebody he cares about so you know like there could be lots of things going on because he doesn't like i agree that he does not seem like super evil you know he's not twirling a mustache or anything well, like the first time we see him in, in season one, he's like, don't hurt him. He's just mm-hmm. a, a child or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when they get hijacked, the little ship that he was on in this season, the guy takes him hostage. I'm sure that was to cover his own ass. But then after he's basically their prisoner now, he's very quick to to show them the schematics and, and how to get in and the info they need. Granted, he's in the scenario a prisoner but like mm-hmm. it felt like he was very on board with like just doing whatever he needed to to help him out mm-hmm. what all what do you think happened to him after that like what did they they took him but like did he go off with boba fett when he disappeared like what happened <laughs> that's a good question uh, <laughs> he's like he's like going off in hyperspace with boba fett or something he's gonna yeah. be in the in the space bikini now on tatooine next to throne <laughs> no 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 because he had to come back <laughs> he had to come back and get Phoenix shan for that so that then he dropped him off i guess oh there you go perfect somewhere yeah <laughs> i i imagine we'll probably see more of him um maybe maybe he'll tie back into throne or something in the other series if uh that's the case maybe he'll he'll be captured and dealt with for letting the child go or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know I mean, he was pretty much a small role, right? He was just kind of the filler there to to show that they were doing testing on on the kid, but not really. He wasn't really that significant of a role for the overall story, right? I mean, I didn't necessarily think he was super significant last season, but then, you know, he keeps popping up. So who knows what they have planned. But this makes me think about um, not just his role, but main roles. Like, there are so few white people on this. Like, comparatively, it makes me so happy. <laughs> like, I love seeing all the different people who are in this. And it's so great. Even if, you know, it's still frustrating when people of color are behind masks or makeup or something. But I like that it's not most of the humanoids are not just white people like they used to be. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about uh, Moff Gideon a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had a, I, I noticed, since we already talked about the other big 
baddies. Um, I noticed in that final episode where he sees the Jedi fighting the dark troopers in the hallways. He that's the first time I think that we ever see Moff Gideon really look scared. So my question is, do you think that's because he knows who it might be or because just because they're like railing through all of his big badass dark troopers or because it, it could be as simple as he's like, oh, well, my twist plan just got fucked because whoever's showing up is going to save the day. Mm-hmm. Or it could be like you said, he he's fully aware of who is in that X-Wing and and he's scared of him. I'm. I mean, I'm sure even if he wasn't on, you know, Death Star 2 or whatever, he he knows about what happened, happened then, you know, like that about Luke Skywalker. So he may, you know, we find out in later episodes of the movies that other people have heard of him, you know, and they've heard. Uh, so maybe maybe part of it is he knows who he is or at least he's heard uh, something about him and he's like oh shit maybe maybe he really is as scary as his dad but for the other side yeah I mean, we really don't see him very much in this entire season i think mm-hmm. he probably had more of a role in the first season like we he has a couple scenes throughout the first half and then basically he's just in the last episode as far as i could recall yeah i think that sounds as right. far as the like, screen time like they obviously reference him and and stuff like that, but I feel like his character it, it confuses me because I don't really know what his rank is. Like, is he? It seems like he's like in charge, but then at the same time, I don't know what the hell he's even doing. What he's doing for? Because he's talking about the order, about how this you know space whatever the universe needs order, and so that tells me that this is leading into the new order. But then, like Brian said, is like he could be completely working for for Thrawn and and this is just like a complete different thing than than what the new order was I had to look up the whole moth thing because I I at first like during season one I thought it was a name (laughs) um but it's I guess it's a sector governor in the Sith Empire so I don't know that probably applies it looks like there's other applications of that but it's some kind of area person in charge of a certain area I guess so, I mean, so is it at least he like a duke? I, yeah, uh, yeah, that's something like that, yeah. <laughs> duke Gideon? That sounds yeah. actually a lot better, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, you know, and I could be wrong. He might not work for Thrawn. I, you know, at the end of the day, we might find out that he is, you know, 100%, you know, working with, um, uh, you know, uh, doing Palpatine's plans and stuff like that leading up to, to episode nine. I, I really don't know. It's just, it's a stab in the dark. We do know, like, as far as, like, people that are working for Thrawn, we were introduced to, was it Morgan Elspeth? Yeah. That's who Ahsoka went after. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, she's asking, like, you know, you know, you know, where's Thrawn? And we saw a couple of droids that she had in her possession, the HK-87s, and they have the seventh fleet symbol on their heads and so i have always i've been kind of like looking for that symbol to show up um near moff gideon and i haven't seen it so at the end of the day i I very much could be wrong i mean but it would make sense that it'd be an an easy way to further tie in the ahsoka series right yeah yeah you have to assume what they're doing is the the marvel shared universe Mm -hmm. Uh, not, not that 
Disney or whatever, not that Star Wars wasn't already a shared universe, but like the formula of how they're doing it, it feels mm-hmm. like it's very on brand with the Marvel stuff. Somewhere, somewhere I saw, and I don't know if it was accurate. It wasn't, we got this covered, so don't anybody worry about that. <laughs> um, somebody was talking about that these shows will sort of be interconnected and, you know, so that there's sort of a bigger story at hand. But I don't know if that was just speculation or what, because I cannot remember. Maybe maybe these shows could all be working together to to build a bigger event, which then will be another movie set of, of trilo- like a trilogy or something to kind of invest people into wanting to see those movies um, since the Skywalker arc is essentially over as far as we are aware, right? So, I mean, we did bring him, drag him into this. That's, I mean, that's true. Unofficially, <laughs> I guess he's, it's not over. Mm. <laughs> so, just restarted. What do you think, Jessica? <laughs> I don't think I have, uh, I don't think I have an opinion on this. I'm interested to see where this stuff goes with the other, with the Ahsoka series. I think I, yeah. I mean, do you think Moff Gideon is going to be like a long term role, or do you think it's going to be like he'll probably be done by season three? He's already talked about season three and season four. Okay, so he's gone. He's already talked about past season three. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's brought up. I think he's going to be definitely uh, uh, showing up uh, by season four. Still, I'll try he's to find the quote. A Do you think we see him villain. getting his own show, or, or or a bigger role somewhere else? I, I mean, yeah. after this, I mean, he could show up in any. Uh, he doesn't have to just be in the Mandalorian series. He could show up in any of them because they're all connected. Right. Yeah. By, well, know, I mean, he's... based off the time, yeah, I guess it mm-hmm. would. For all we know, Ahsoka is going to be her before this point, still looking for Thrawn, and then jump to like after this point. Like, we have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I just assumed it would be from this point on for her, but you know, there could be flashbacks and stuff. Here's his quote. I found his quote. Um, he was doing a pre Emmy interview with People, and he said, We're living in a universe that is huge. And it has so much to explore. So I think this show is going to start to lay the groundwork for depth and breadth that's going to come in season three and season four, where you're really going to start to get answers. So, I mean, with him even saying season four, it makes you think that maybe he's had conversations with John Favreau about his character going forward. And, and you know, I mean, they work off contracts and I, he, yeah. he might be guaranteed a contract through season four. And who wouldn't want to keep Giancarlo Esposito around for as long as they could anyway? Because he's yeah great. Well, and that's why I was so surprised by how little he seems to show up, at least in this season. Because it feels like, again, oh, it's didn't... really just one full episode and then like a couple scenes. Doesn't that, doesn't that make a great villain, though, sometimes? Yeah. The less you see, the more that they are kind of like this this force and you know think about thanos in the lead up of the over the you know the decade where it took us to it took us it it actually took us about three years to figure out that like all this thanos was behind all of this before Mm -hmm. we got to the avengers from 2008 to four years to 2008 to uh, 2012 we finally figured out that thanos was behind it so things are actually moving a little faster Mm -hmm. in the mandalorian than they even did in like you know the mcu Mm -hmm. Well, and we only had the two episodes with him in the first season, and that was the last two episodes. Yeah. We didn't even know him for the first six. We just thought, you know, Werner Herzog was 
the guy in charge. We didn't know that he had someone that he was answering to. Use him sparingly if mm-hmm. you if you, if you know he's going to be around until season three and four. Use him sparingly. It's always kind of cool to know that the villains like lurking, you know, behind the behind the scenes, pulling the strings and stuff. And you know, we'll probably get a lot. I would imagine we'd get a lot more of him maybe then in season four. Well, where do you guys see him going with season three? Because uh, as far as we're aware now, he's a prisoner of the. Was it Republic? I guess the New Republic, based off what Cara Dune, Ca- yeah. Cara Dune said, like, oh, yeah. they, they'll double the price for him alive or something. Mm-hmm. He'll get broken out, right? There's got to be, there's got yeah. to be a plan in place to get him out if this probably, ever were to probably, happen. Uh, the mm-hmm. next episode, Death Troopers come and break him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, she wanted to keep him alive because she said he had a lot of answers, and I, I don't, I don't know what all she wants to find out. It's like. I also doubt he would even give the answer. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. They've all shown that they're very loyal. I mean, he even tried to kill himself, right? He tried to to shoot Gragu, and then he tried to kill himself and Mm -hmm. uh, failed. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious if we'll... I don't want to say like a Loki-like character, but like something like that where he is a little bit more of a... We could see him having to like have these, at the very least, conversations or, or... small work togethers with the Mandalorian and stuff like so, that. So, okay, you're basically saying, like, we're going to get the Hannibal Lecter working with Jodie Foster's character. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, I... That's basically what Loki was when mm-hmm. Black Widow was interrogating him. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, they even at the end of that Avengers movie where, like, they take him into custody, put him in that, <laughs> that Hannibal yeah. Lecter mask, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. it was... So, I, I, I actually, I, I love that if... That's where they're going with this. We could get scenes of them kind of like trying to get answers out of him and him pulling a Hannibal Lecter and just fucking with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's great at speeches, right? He's he's mm-hmm. good at having those conversations that, that really draw you into caring what he's talking about. And and I feel like they could do that with his character, at least temporarily, if they have him as a prisoner somewhere. Well, think of Hannibal Lecter escaped at the end of that movie, mm-hmm. Science of the Lamps. So, you know, like have him be like a part of some of these episodes and then have him. It'd be cooler if he actually did perform his own escape. Mm-hmm. And if he escapes, then we don't necessarily have to see him for the rest of the season. And then he'll pop back up in season four or whatever. Or in a different because, series. Yeah, or a different series because it's like, oh, he's made his way over here because he doesn't want to get in trouble by his boss, but he also wants to keep doing, you know, he, he's trying to make things right for him, you know, or whatever, like skulking about, I don't know. He wouldn't be skulking about, he would be angrily stomping about doing things. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't feel like he really showed much emotion up until <laughs> the, yeah. the one scene where he I tried to he... stab, Mandalorian in the back with I said that and then I'm like wait he didn't really <laughs> show much emotion <laughs> which was the slowest <laughs> attempt at betrayal I've ever seen sometimes things take time <laughs> that whole scene I, I honestly I, I he had me believing him I was like oh I mean that makes sense he just needed the damn blood okay this worked out way differently than I thought it was gonna go and then of course they they pull the betrayal and he tries to just stab him from behind and if if we're done with Moff Gideon can we talk about Bo-Katan and how she's angry because now Mando can be the king of of Mandalore yeah. and yeah, she we doesn't... need to talk about that 
I mean, she hadn't really shown any anger about it, but it, it's very clear that that's got to be a setup for at yeah. least season mm-hmm. three, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was probably the weakest portion of this season. I think it was a big plot hole unless they have some long-term plan with it that's going to make sense. But as mm-hmm. of right now, it feels like it's contradicting to everything her character has stood for up until that point. Yeah, I don't. it doesn't make sense that... Be, that she can't take the dark saber as a gift because that's how she originally got it in the first place. Sabine Wren gave it to her. She didn't win it from her in battle, right? So I don't understand why she suddenly wants to stick to the old, the old timey traditions just because people are watching. I, I mean, I don't know. It just well, seems it, like just a conflicting the, thing. The, also, the the concept of the wearing the helmet, like she's like, oh, that you're one of those people. Yeah, but like. So that, that tells me, like, she doesn't stick to every tradition that the Mandalorians had. It's just she's more of a, a realist in modern time. Yeah. But then when it comes to the Darksaber, it seems to be back to that, like, oh, well, mm-hmm. this is the way of our people. Mm-hmm. It, I thought that was a little contradicting. Plus, I think I think did... it's going to be addressed. It's it, okay. I, it'll mm-hmm. be it'll, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be. It'll be addressed. Dave Filoni is the one who set up the whole story where Sabine Wren got it. And so, like, I don't think that he does like he forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I at the end of the day, I think like we all thought for the longest time, you know, like we were like, why can't Din Jaren take off his helmet and all the other Mandos that we've seen prior? They're taking their helmets off all the time. Well, yeah. it was addressed. They, they, they I mean. It was, I mean, we figured it out. Like, we know why that was the case. We, we've been introduced to different, uh, you know, factions of Mandalorians. Just like this, I think I think next season we'll get our answers to this. I, and I, I think Filoni okay. will definitely address this. I don't think it's a plot hole. I don't think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's, we're going to figure out why, why this is different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm hesitant to want to call it a plot hole because I feel like, like you say, I, they obviously know what they're doing and I think that they have plans for it. It just mm-hmm. on the surface, it does feel like it's contradicting to the way she's been acting about other stuff. So I, I do want to see where that goes. As people, uh, people are like that, you know, it's like, Oh, that's silly. You, you can't eat your toast unless you cut crossways. And then you're over here, like someone's pouring their milk in their bowl and then putting the cereal in. And it's like, well, why don't you do that the other way? It's like, I can't do that. You know, like even trivial things, people have the, where sometimes they're like, oh, well, that's silly, but this is what I cling to. I I think what we're going to see is I, this is, if I had to guess what's going to happen is when it was given to her, when it was given, when when Sabine Wren got it and then gave it to her and it wasn't over combat, I think we're going to find out, like, she realizes, like, that's why she lost it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, she's yeah. like, I, I've got to get it the right way. And which I guess you could also say, like, why is she thinking that way when she thinks, like, you don't have to keep your fucking helmet on all the time and that's old religion. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I mean, why are I, but I think, I think Filoni is going to kind of explain that too. I'm hoping so. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess another thing that bothers me is Moff Gideon has it. So is he by that argument deemed the leader of the Mandalorians now? 
because he's not a Mandalorian. Is he even eligible to be the what they call the leader? I, I think it just means he has the I right mean, to claim it. But I he assume just he isn't claiming he it. Her to get it. That's that's the assumption I have based off the scenario. But like, it just feels like they are all about. Oh, you have to be a Mandalorian in order to wear the armor. So wouldn't it be the same for being? The guy, the or person to hold the the dark saber and and lead them all. I think yeah, it's kind of like a sword in the stone kind of thing. Like it has to choose yeah. you or something. You know, I don't think like you know Moff Gideon. You know, just he kind of it's you know Han Solo used a lightsaber to cut up in a tauntaun. It didn't mean he was a Jedi in that moment. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't mean that he can't physically hold it and use it, but I just mean like. I guess what I'm saying is the Mandalorian beating him shouldn't have meant anything as far as the leadership of the Mandalorians because he wasn't even a Mandalorian. So by that logic, he's not relevant whether he had it or not. No, the hard part about it, though, is I think the upsetting part is that because the Mandalorian is a Mandalorian, (laughs) he is now he has a legitimate right to the throne based on this tradition. So maybe that's why it's more upsetting because as long as Moff Gideon had it, at least she knew he probably wasn't going to go try to lead the Mandalorians. Yeah. And her thing was like, she was going to get it from Moff Gideon. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it just, it made sense to win it from him in battle. Yeah. I don't think he cares about leading the, you know, he doesn't care about no. that anyway. Um, but you know, I, if they were, I'm sure there would have been a time where all of them would have been superstitious enough that it didn't matter if he wasn't Mandalorian and got it. So does fact, it, you know, does, does him having it was his whole plan intentional to get to let them have it back, but to cause a ruckus within their code of him getting it versus her? Uh, I don't or, think he's playing or was that just like a a convenient? Well, I'm about to lose this, so maybe I'll try this out. Now that we're in this position, I think it's just like, man, look how fucking powerful that weapon is. I'm going to keep this at my, at my side and use it when I need to. Yeah. Right. I think I think you're right. It, it was uh, he was keeping it just because it was something fucking cool. And the whole thing, I don't think he planned from the beginning to have the Mandalorian get it from him. I think he was just like, well, here we are. So how can I make this worse for Bo-Katan? And that was it was kind of like a, an opportun- opportunistic thing rather than like a a plan. Yeah, I'm going to I really uh, I need to see how they address this whole reasoning of that controversy because I feel like it it didn't work for me personally. I just feel like it didn't the logic isn't there why, the why? Lo- I love it the fact that they're not giving us the answers. That's why we're having this discussion. I think Filoni has it all worked out and I it's crazy because like that's what these Star Wars episodes do to us. That's what even the movies have done. At the end of these movies we're like, well, who's who's Rey? Who is Ray? Who's Finn? We all want to know all these questions, and here we are asking more questions. And I, we're 100% going to get the answers to this. We got Filoni, who's like, and it's one single storyteller here, Filoni and mm-hmm. Favreau doing this together. And it's not like it's being passed off to like Colin Trevorrow or Ryan Johnson this time. We're going to get concrete answers. And it's Filoni, who I think is like very much like, you know, grounded in the lore of Star Wars. Like, it's like George Lucas and the midichlorians had a baby and it was Dave Filoni. And like, So uh, would you consider them like the Russo brothers or like Feige of Star Wars now? Uh, I mean, if, if you're going to if you're going to get technical, we're going to say Kathleen Kennedy's the Feige right now. But it, 
and then they're yeah. the Russo brothers. But the way it should be is it should be like they are they are the Russos, they are Feige, they are they're the ones. And I'm saying that because they're the ones that are doing it right right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I'm saying. I I know that Kathleen Kennedy was handpicked by George Lucas, but we've seen some big misfires over the last you know few years with some of the mm-hmm. movies. And I defended Kathleen Kennedy for a long time, mm-hmm. but after the rise of Skywalker, I am just kind of like washing my hands clean of that, and I'm just like we just stick with what's working. And these guys have been killing it. I think I think this season was supposed I think he knew exactly what he was doing mm-hmm. in having all this brought up that it, people are going to be asking these questions. And Filoni loves to he loves to fuck with us. And he learned mm-hmm. this. from He learned this from George, mm-hmm. because George, when they started making the Clone Wars, was like, let's bring back Darth Maul. And Filoni was against it. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? They brought back Darth Maul. And oh, he was so creepy. And everyone, well, everyone loved it. Everyone mm-hmm. loved it. Everyone loved it. And Filoni, from that point on, learned, like, you know what? We can do anything we want to mm-hmm. here. And I think that's what he's doing here. He's, like, making us go crazy, thinking, like, how is this logical? Like, it doesn't make sense. I think by the end of next season, Filoni's going to give us all these answers and we'll we'll know we'll know we'll be able mm-hmm. to talk about you know why this does make sense at that point. But for right now, he wants us to be asking these questions. He wants to drive us crazy. And I guess whether you love it or hate it, it you're gonna come back next <laughs> season because you want to mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. If anybody and, knows Star, and Wars, then you'll love or hate that answer. <laughs> if anybody knows Star Wars, it's George Lucas, John Favreau, um, Dave Filoni, and then Pablo Hidalgo. Like, those four are like the Mount Rushmore right now for Star Wars, in my opinion. Well, uh, Rick Fukuyama wrote one of the episodes that he directed, too. So, the, you know, the one that had um, Mayfeld yeah, come back. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, so, that, that, a lot of that, a lot of stuff in that was not like the overall kind yeah, of like big but, kind of like Star Wars picture, though. It's, but that, yeah. it, like, but the fact that it fit in so well, like the actual episode fit in well with everything else that they were doing, you know, it didn't have to just be either John or Dave writing the episodes or whatever, you know, because uh, if you can get someone good and not necessarily a lot, like I don't necessarily need different writers for every episode, you know, because you want to keep it tight and, you know, but anyway. I was... Well, I imagine with that they have this is the mm-hmm. arc we're going for. Mm-hmm. And then within them writing their script, they they're probably monitored on, okay, yeah. let's, let's lean it this way, but you can have the dialogue say what you want. And mm-hmm. and that's what showrunners are supposed to do, but doesn't seem like they always do on TV shows. Yeah. They got me with this show. I, I, you know, I was never love or hate on any of the other stuff. Really. I I've been very discouraged with the last few movies, but, um, I've never hated anything that I've really seen so far. So I think that they're in a good track with appeasing the old fans and 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 uh, bringing in material to to bring in new fans. That uh, Baby Yoda was probably the the greatest idea they've ever come up with to to draw in new fans. Right? That was John Favreau, one hundred percent. Yes, that was like mm-hmm. the biggest thing. I mean, I, casuals are now watching the Mandalorian. My sister 
doesn't fucking know shit about Star Wars, yet she watches The Mandalorian. Like, I can talk to her about Luke and Leia and the Force and fucking General Grievous and all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. She has no idea what I'm fucking saying. But I can talk to her about The Mandalorian and, you know, and, you know, and but here's the thing. I'm also not going to fill her in on every fucking little detail either because i think mm-hmm. like i don't know i think like that's a problem with star wars fans like we we kind of adopt it and it's ours and then mm-hmm. it's like no just like let everybody have their own experience if she wants to search out who ahsoka is let her if she doesn't then whatever if she wants to ask me who ahsoka is she can't mm-hmm. you know i don't like try to tell her every little thing she's just enjoying the series for what it is it, and, and they did a really good job this season at least with not needing to know the backstories of these characters, but yeah. like they're giving you enough to understand that they are somebody of importance, but they aren't knowing what their, their history is. Doesn't affect the story that they're telling right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know talking to my brother yesterday. So my stepmom hadn't, hasn't finished the series uh, because she can't remember the password to Disney plus And she had to like reset their Anyway, uh, I think it's Dr. Who. <clears throat> No, she doesn't know anything about Doctor Who. Um, and I didn't set the password. Anyway, um, and it's funny because I, I, my brother's like, oh, have you seen it? I was like, yes. He goes, so what did you think? I go, I loved it. And he's like, yeah, were you surprised? I was like, a little, you know. And, and, and we said a couple things like X-Wing and then something else, but not like enough that my stepmom would catch on to what was going on because there are other X-Wings in it anyway. And my sister-in-law was sitting there going uh-huh uh-huh i go you just know what these things are but you have no idea what we're talking about right and she's like yep <laughs> it's like okay that's fine um but yeah i uh you know she can follow along with the show if she watched the show or whenever she would watch the ones with with him but you know she didn't need to know all the other back stuff and just having the bare minimum knowledge of of star wars stuff made her understand it all right so i think they did a really good job with that and that's what uh, you know it if it does draw in new fans and they do care enough about what they're experiencing then that's the whole goal right is to get Mm -hmm. them to go now to the old material and go and invest their time in learning about all that so no yeah absolutely i I mean like what like what's marvel doing when they make the movies they're hoping uh, yeah, they're, they're making billions of dollars, but I guess, fuck, what are fans hoping that the Marvel movies do? They're hoping that it sells some comic books, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, I, because I, I, honestly, what have, have they really done a whole lot to sell comic books when you go sit down and watch a Marvel movie? No. No, I mean, when you, I mean, seriously, when you think about it, like, if they were fucking doing it right, you should have, oh, did you like it? Bef- did you like this movie? Do you like these Marvel movies? Well, learn more about them and these things called comics and graphic novels and visit your LCS, your local comic shop. There's none of that. They should do just like they do in the comics where they have, oh, read more about this story in this other comic at the end. Yeah, but they're doing nothing, in my opinion, to really push the comics. Hollywood's doing nothing really to push the comics. Do you think that's because they aren't worried about selling comics now because the movie side is doing so well? Or at least... Where do you get all this? Until 2020. Where do, you get, where do you get all these great stories from? You know, I mean, of course, yeah, they they've changed things. 100%. Yeah, they changed things. But like, you know, Civil War, there's still elements of the comic. There's still, you know, I mean, I, the Captain America Winter Soldier is all basically Ed Brubaker. 
You know, like you you don't get that story of Bucky coming back and being the Winter Soldier without a, without Ed Brubaker. He took an old story and he fucking revamped it and he gave them so much material to work with in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. So you got to keep I think you got to keep, you know, the comics going in order to <sighs> keep like the main machine, this this Marvel machine, this Marvel Studios machine going. I don't know. It's just. It, it's kind of upsetting to me. It, it, same thing, I guess, with like, I guess Star Wars is better with it, with the comics, I think, I don't know. But they, they, they're they not really doing anything to promote the shit out of the comics either. So, but well, they are saying like the comic, the co- they, here's the thing, they're saying comics are canon. So I guess that helps. If you're a diehard Star Wars fan, you got to know everything that's happened in the universe. Then here, you got to read the comics too, because this stuff's canon. So that well, Vader comic that you're reading, it's canon. Only the comics that are like Disney based or anything that they've done, they're saying is canon. Anything that, well, you know, now that Disney owns Marvel, anything that Marvel's doing with the, with the stuff, I mean, anything that was Dark Horse previously is not canon. So as long as it's within their brand, it's considered canon still. Well, I mean, once they purchased, once they, you know, once the, once they purchased Star Wars, um, all the comics that came out post 2012 on the Marvel side, it's all, it's all canon. Okay. Good to know. Um, yeah, and uh, the, um, I mean, like, I'm trying to think, like, so anything Dark Horse, you know, like, um, um, what was it? <laughs> and there's some great Dark Horse comics out there too. Brian Wood did some Star Wars stuff that was really good. I loved. I'm trying to think of the comic book. It, it was set like hundreds of years ahead in the future. Star Wars Legacy is what it was called. So some great fucking comics. Star Wars Legacy was really good. And they they did quite they, I think they did a, at least two or three series of Star Wars Legacy. And they set them like 2 300 years in the future with like people that were related, you know, later on down the road to like Solos and Skywalkers. And it was really good stuff. So, but it's not canon anymore. Well, but that doesn't mean that they can't go and take that material well, and been then create something. Thrawn, Thrawn comes from from uh, the Zon stuff, from the Zon books that were that are not canon anymore. Um, dark troopers come from legacy work. Um, you know, they, uh, uh, Darth Revan, I think is canon now. And that came from, you know, legends. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they've been pulling what they want to from legends. Guess that just gets confusing though, because then you're saying, well, these things from them are canon, but not the other stuff. (laughs) That's a hundred percent the way it is. Yeah. (laughs) It's, and it's gotta be confusing as fuck for fans too. Where were we, Jessica? Um, had a couple quick things I wanted to talk about with regards to Boba Fett, and then maybe we'll get on to some questions. So one thing I wanted to, I brought up when I was talking about this to Steven was, um, we, when we first see him at the end of that episode in his robe, and there it's like revealed that he's there watching. It's kind of the first place he appears in the series, but you also don't, a lot of like the casual watcher, like you said, would have no idea who he is. It's just some random guy because you would have to recognize him either from the original trilogy or from the animated Clone Wars. Right. Is there and maybe there's well, from the prequel that, trilogy, the pre sorry, which prequel I guess trilogy. technically he isn't Boba Fett. He's Jenga Fett. Jenga Fett. But, but regardless, if you recognize his the, face and all the faces of the yeah, the clones. Yeah. 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 You yeah, wouldn't actually, necessarily know exactly who he is, but you'd recognize him. He actually showed up in season one of The Mandalorian. Did he? Yes. Um, at the end, where when Fennec, we believe Fennec is lo- left oh, yeah, dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, that's who shows up. Right, is, right. And you hear, like, the Spurs sound and then, like, the the weird kind of, like, radio transmission sound that mm-hmm. 
his suit gave off in the Star Wars A New Hope when he showed up in that deleted scene. Filoni and uh, Favreau were talking about that, had like a little bit where they were talking about that to each other when they showed the... um the gallery thing like it was it's like come on well you know people would know there's there are people who are really going to know this or whatever and i just remember like you all talking before about all the spurs sounds and i'm like did did he really did it really sound like that i don't even remember boba fett having that sound when he walked around so like it's it was cool that that was something that i didn't even know what it was honestly really makes sense to have that sound if he didn't have his suit at the time right i'm I'm starting to think of that too like that that is a little confusing um because he didn't even have them on as far as i could tell in this show well he they're not actual spurs that he's wearing so it's just the sound coming from his like some pieces of armor clinking together theoretically (laughs) i guess just chalk it up as an easter egg yeah yeah i i I mean it's it's not he, he doesn't really have like I think if you look at the costume, it's not actual spurs that he has on. It's just something with what he's wearing that makes that sound. Yeah. Okay. So it must be something that he's wearing that's not part of his like main armor, like characteristic armor. Then whatever it is. And um, it, it was a deleted scene that you wouldn't recognize the sound, or or would be no, recognize the, it watching the del- just the original trilogy. I think the deleted scene from New Hope. You know, remember when um, Han meets uh, up with um, walks over Jabba the Hutt's tail. That's where you hear like the radio kind of like static sounds that were coming through. Um, okay. I don't think I don't think that's the scene where you hear the spurs, but I could be wrong. Okay. I don't I don't I, I hate watching that scene. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of it. I, I think it doesn't make any sense when you watch that new hope and we're getting off no getting off track again. <laughs> but Boba Fett, I, I think um, I think if you didn't know the material then you wouldn't have really known who that was right it, right the opening episode at the end like you wouldn't you would have no clue outside of the assumption he was a clone trooper assuming you've watched all of the older movies yeah so i i mean i don't i think it was still a surprise for people when it ended up being boba fett later on if they didn't know all of the history of that character I I adore that they brought back Tamara Morrison for it. That's so cool because he's supposed to be a clone. So he would look like, you know, he would look like Django Fett. And so he gets to sort of wear the armor again, you know, although he's got like different armor now because it's after Boba Fett had painted it and everything and grown up. And we never saw Boba Fett's face in the original series and stuff like it. It just worked out so perfectly that they could do that and it just it made me happier than I expected it would and also I like that Katie Sackoff got to be uh, Bo-Katan I forgot to say that earlier because she does the voice of her I was gonna ask that okay that makes sense which then I assume that they based the character off of just what she looked like then right because it felt like it was just so spot on obviously they probably dyed her hair and all that stuff but like it looked like a wig to me but I deal well, with I a just lot mean, of wigs. The character <laughs> yeah. in Clone yeah. Wars looks like she's yeah, really like the actor, like the the her face shape and stuff. Yeah. yeah, right. And then that also makes sense as to why she 
the character the character should be in her 50s assuming mm-hmm. the universe math adds up mm-hmm. but she's obviously doesn't look anywhere near her 50s so mm-hmm. um that kind of makes no. more sense too she's supposed to be she's supposed to be older than the mandalorian but i think she's actually a little bit younger than peter pascal so she yeah not he's much like, older he's than 45 me. and i think she's yeah 42 maybe yeah. Interesting. Whatever. <laughs> okay, and then a question or something that, Stephen, you brought up because you haven't said it yet, so I'm going to bring it up for you. Uh, is why has Boba Fett just now caught up with his armor? Um, yeah, that was a what's something going that on was with that. I feel like, I, I guess we just don't know how much time has passed since him escaping the the sand pit or the whatever the hell that, that creature is called. The Sarlacc. So, I, is it possible he could have been in there for a while? But, like, I, it just seems... I know this is Star Wars, but scientifically, it doesn't seem like he could have been, right? He had to pretty much escape pretty quickly. Like, so why is he just now going back to get his armor? He could have been down there for quite a while and eating what is in the Sarlacc's belly and then gotten out and spent some time with the Tuscan Raiders. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we clearly know. I, I think he's probably spent more time with the Tuscan Raiders than he did with in the belly of the Sarlacc. Because mm-hmm. by the time we see him in the Mandalorian and he's fighting with the Gaffy Stick, mm-hmm. he's fighting like a Tuscan Raider. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. that's a skill you don't learn in a week. Mm-hmm. And I think we just have to think that he didn't hear about stories about Cobb Vanth, some marshal wearing Mandalorian armor until very recently. And yeah, is it convenient for the story? Sure. But I mean, could he have learned it from Fennec? Mm, maybe. I, well, I How was much thinking... info does she really know? I, I don't know. I'm just asking. Yeah. I'm like, uh, that's a, just a thought that popped into my head. I, I because I, I haven't really thought about that, but I honestly, at the end of the day, I think that he just recently had probably found out that there was a marshal that was wearing Mandalorian armor. Mm-hmm. I think up until that point, he had probably been like living a life kind of like Kevin Costner dances with wolves mm-hmm. and spending some time with these Tuscan Raiders and learned to appreciate like their culture and was kind of like living with them. And then then he finds out that there's this. Marshall wearing Mandalorian armor, he kind of connects the dots and he's like, that's my father's armor and I want it back. Mm -hmm. And there's like certain things that he's doing right now. Like one of them was get the armor back. And then the next thing is to basically take over Jabba's criminal um, organization. And that's kind of, we kind of saw those events played out in the Mandalorian. I, I, I think we just have to think like he just, he heard about it and part of this time yeah. the armor was riding around in the sand crawler with the Jawas. So like, I just kind of, for me, I sort of put it together that he probably got out of the Sarlacc pit and then just was kind of laying there in the desert. Like when he said, you know, could be left for dead and the Jawas just came and took his armor and left with it. Like they just, like they do thinking that he mm-hmm. was dead. And then the, Tuscan Raiders come along and they're like, hey, 
maybe we should help this guy. And they do. And so then he stays with them. And then once Cobb Vanth gets the gets the armor and then word starts going around that there's some guy with Mandalorian armor all of a sudden on this other part of the planet. It's like, I got to find my way to him. And then he sees the Mandalorian get all it involved by the time he shows up. But yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if, if Finnick would have really known much of anything, but maybe yeah, she that... did. Maybe she had heard it, but I, you know, she didn't say anything about it whenever she was talking about Mando possibly being the one that shot up at Navarro to whatever his name was. Bobby Calavani's kid. <laughs> I can't remember what his real name is or I, what I, is. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> the young kid in that mm -hmm. episode. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I brought her up. Like, she seems like she's in his debt and, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, like what can I do to help? And then she kind of connects those dots for him. But I, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I think that, I think that time had passed. He spent a lot of time with the Tuscan Raiders. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at him using the gaffy stick. He's using it like a Tuscan Raider would fight. Mm -hmm. I think he spent a lot of time with them. Uh, a cool thing that they do in the gallery thing is they're talking about how he was, because there's a Maori dance where they do use like a stick and stuff. And he was doing that. And they're like, oh, so they they put some of that into the choreography for when he was fighting, too. And, like, there you can see, like, a clip of him, like, dancing with it without the helmet on and stuff. And it was pretty cool uh, that he could have some of his own culture imbued into this character, too. Yeah, that is really cool. Nice. I, I really do like, too, how they uh, kind of gave the the raiders like a culture like i maybe they've done that before I, I feel like maybe they did that in clone wars but like when you see them in the original trilogy they're just kind of perceived like these savages right and then in this one that you're you're seeing their culture and they're giving you that other side of of who they mm -hmm. are and well after anakin killed the whole community of them the women and the children you know <laughs> it's kind of like wasn't very nice. You don't know how these people are. <laughs> Maybe it was just miscommunication. Yeah, and that's. I mean, they like, did have his mom, but. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> there was obviously sub beef going on with that whole thing, but I, I just like how they they they've kind of expanded on some of these species and races that we've seen in the past, and and kind of grow them to like this bigger world that we thought we already knew about. Um, I don't know what their dog things are called, but those big animals, like it ran up to Mando and he like rubbed on it like a dog. Like, I just love that, that it's like they're really scary creatures, but then really they're just like a dog. It's like, it's like a pit bull. Like people are like, oh, but really they just want to be loved and, and rubbed on and they'll take care of their, their protectors. I can confirm that. Our pit bulls are the most pathetic things I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, you have pits. They literally just want to the, touch. The wind will come through outside and they will run for shelter. <laughs> yeah, I just, I really liked how they kind of expanded on, on some of that stuff. And, um, but yeah, that's a good point, Brian, that he obviously did spend time with them because that would, that explains how he now all of a sudden is really good with this weapon we've never seen him use before. 
Yeah. Here's the thing with Lucas. Lucas grew up watching a lot of Westerns, as we know. Samurai films, you know, I mean, Star Wars is, you know, basically samurai movies. And, and uh, you know, you've got you've got the Jedi are using a laser sword. I mean, it's very samurai. And, and you know, Han Solo is very kind of like the, you know, gunslinger. And um, Tatooine is basically, I mean, with the Tusken Raiders, he was, it's a, it was a different time. And the Tuscan Raiders are basically kind of like what Western movies made Native Americans to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I translated it too. Was was well, times have changed in forty plus years of cinema, mm-hmm. and people have been changing. And so, to give it more of a modern kind of like feel, we're learning more about. In, in movies and things like that, we learn more about Native American culture, and now we're learning more about Tuscan Raider culture. It's kind of like real life things, kind of like bleeding into the Star Wars universe. So they're not just like these mindless savages, and that's basically what the old westerns made them out to be, is just savages. And and so they're they're doing something different with the Tuscan Raiders that you know maybe they should have been doing all along. But mm-hmm. you know we're just we're seeing cinema evolve is what we're seeing. So. Mm-hmm. And they kind of used uh, Cobb Vanth for that whole kind of the viewer side too to see that that mm-hmm. shift of opening his eyes to to seeing that there is more to these beings than what what they as townsmen thought of them. Mm-hmm. Like you see yeah. that kind of small arc with him in the beginning. He's like, I can't work with you know them. Do you know what they've done? And then you kind of see both sides, and he slowly shifts to to accepting them and drinking from that plant thing and. Well, and then the truce, are we ever going to like, that's something that they've set up now. And like, mm-hmm. it's like, who is going to break that in the future? And I mean, mm-hmm. it might not even be like in the Mandalorian or like the Rangers of the New Republic where like they break that truce. Like this could be something like that 30 years down the road, this shows up in a Star Wars mm-hmm. movie but, or TV show. But it's something we could see like five years from now because they're doing things from all the different time periods. And it's just, yeah, it's it's cool. We can see the recall of that. Callback. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I was like, like, I was trying to think of the word that I was trying well, to see. Filoni's like setting up like different things that could happen either now or in the future. It's it's really it's it's really cool. Like uh, what he's building here. Do you think we could see him in the future then? Uh, do you think he was more of just a cameo character or do you think we, that that was world building for the future? If we see Rangers of the New Republic, if that he could definitely could be showing up in that show. Yeah, and I I'm really expecting to see Cara Dune be a a big role in that cuz it seems like that's the direction they were going. No, that, I, that's yeah, how I took the whole badge thing was that was going to lead into her being a part of that. Well, yeah, and I mean she could be giving out other, you know, like you see that happen like in um what are you watching like Young Guns? Let's say you're watching Young Guns and like you know, they they get they're deputized, you know? Like she could we could see uh some of these characters that we've known, I think it would be hilarious if for some reason, somehow, Mayfeld gets deputized. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. And, you know, say th- same thing with Cobb Vanth being part of this group. You know, we could, and they'll, they'll introduce new characters into this. You know, she, mm-hmm. you know, like, could we see, I, I, I can't for the life of, rem- if somebody wants to look this up, it'd be great. Like, could we see Cad Bane show up in this? 
Could a more perfect character show up in a Rangers of the New Republic than Cad Bane? <laughs> With his hat. Yeah. <laughs> or someone of the race of Cad Bane that's like, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like they were kind of setting those characters up to expand somewhere else, whether it's in the short term or in the future. But uh, you brought up Mayfield. I think Bill Burr, did, Bill Burr did a really good job with that character. And it's definitely not one I expected to, to, to come back. I assumed it was a first season cameo character, and then that was that. So maybe by that logic, Timothy Oliphant will come back in, in a bigger role at a later time. I mean, and if he likes Star Wars, I don't know why he would say no. Um, the guy that played the bartender is W. Earl Brown, and you may not know his name, but you've seen him in all kinds of things. And he um, he went to school here in Kentucky, and he graduated from the school that Cindy went to, so he'd come and talk to all the like theater students and stuff, and so she's met him before, but whenever they asked him to do it, like, you know, John's like, hey, you want to be on Star Wars? He's like, uh, fuck yeah, I want to be in Star Wars. Well, wasn't, like, he, wasn't, he, wasn't he the bartender in Justified? Yeah. Yeah, I, so, yeah. like, yeah, very cool connection. Mm-hmm. I thought that was neat, and my Kentucky connection. <laughs> How did you guys feel about the amount of screen time that we saw with some of these characters that were, you know, like Bill Burr's character. Uh, and I guess Cara Dune and, and uh, Grief Karga, we didn't really see much of them. A little bit more of Dune, but not so much Carl Weathers' character, right? He was really basically the one episode. Did, did that disappoint anybody? Did you want to see more of those characters since season one? Or you feel like they did a good job with balancing that? I think they did a fantastic job balancing it. Honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of Gina Carano's acting to begin with. So less is more with her uh, for me. Um, So I was totally fine with that. I love Carl Weathers, but honestly, I feel like, you know, unless the story calls for it, I I don't necessarily need to see more. I I think like with a lot of these spinoff shows, that's what it's setting up is more screen time for these characters. Mm Mm-hmm. This is like the main people that I want to see in this story are the the two, the Mandalorian and, and baby Grogu. Like those are the two that I want to see the most of in this story. So as long as I'm following those two characters, I'm completely fine with whoever is like along for the ride in these stories. I just want to see those are the two characters that I want to follow the most. It's their story. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to see Gragu in season three much yes I, you yes. think he'll be like it'll be like a game of thrones jumping between stories uh, I, I think, oh hold on hold on hold on hold on oh that's yeah. that's looking to the future let's not do that okay yet. all right <laughs> oh we can't look into the future until the not, future of this episode the eight ball says <laughs> shut yet. the fuck up we're not there yet um i have some questions for you for everyone before we move on <laughs> um yes no and 42 <laughs> what are your thoughts on the new characters this season and how it com- how the cast or appearance list appear uh compares with season one and who is your favorite and if it's a returning character has their role in season two affected your choice or th- were they already your favorite i'll i'll go first okay why not uh my my favorite oh, i okay my i'm gonna go with my favorite has always been the mandalorian but I really liked Finnick Shand, and then she shows up in this, and I'm so excited. Like, I I love 
love her. And I was so excited about that. And then whenever we have, uh, like I said before, like Boba Fett, like I never really cared if I ever found out if Boba Fett actually was as badass as his armor made him look. But I was so excited about Boba Fett in this show too. And we got to see how his, how the inside of his, uh, spaceship worked with like the sort of cantilever kind of thing like that there's just so many I love uh, the idea of Cara Dune and her outfit but Gina Carano is not the best actress but I think she's better than she used to be (laughs) yeah so that's fine also I don't really care for Bill Burr is a comedian, but he was really good in this show, especially the one this season. He was really, really good. Yeah, I, was I would say that's surprised. probably one of the best episodes, at least for me. I, I really enjoyed that episode. Yeah. Oh, oh, and can't just like off on a little tangent about that episode, like how Pedro was looking, like moving his whole head, like he was still looking out of the mask for things. At things like he would kind of turn around instead of like just always looking, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and he'd have to, like, he had to put his head all the way down when he was at the little computer thing, even after he took off the helmet. It's like, that's such great acting. I love it. The you brought up something that I actually didn't like was the fact that they took his helmet off in that one because when they did at the time, it made sense. I was like, okay, so they're going to do this once a season, but then they do it again the next episode which I felt had a lot more emotional pull for the reasoning as to why they took it off. And so for that, I feel like it, it took away from having, I feel like they shouldn't have done it twice. Back. Yeah. Jake, Jake is the, Jake is on the same train with you. You guys are the, uh, under the same belief that they should have took it off twice. And I couldn't disagree with you more. Same. <laughs> I am okay. so. I am so. Here's the thing. Season one, Mandalorian. You talk to me about season one, Mandalorian. I don't want him taking the mask off mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. You get me into season two. You get me into season two, and what that does, him taking off the helmet in both episodes mm-hmm. for the story. One hundred percent. I want him to take that helmet off both mm-hmm. episodes. I, it does the impact. The impact didn't go away for me. In either episode, he's taking off the helmet the first time because he loves that kid. And right then, and even with the kid not in his presence, you know that he loves him. He's doing Mm -hmm. this because he loves that kid. And that scene, you get to see him basically without the helmet on, zero confidence. Mm -hmm. So uncomfortable. Zero confidence. He doesn't even know how to act, how to, to speak. And he's so confident with the helmet on. Such an impactful scene. The next episode... It means so much because he's letting the kid look at his face. And it's like right then I'm fucking I am so over the the whole mystique of the Mandalorian keeping the helmet on thing. I'm over it. I don't think it I don't think it should mean anything to him after a while. I think mm-hmm. with the character growth, I'm done. I'm so I think we can see more of Pedro Pascal's face going forward. I want to get to the point where he's taken that thing off and he's super comfortable with it. I mm-hmm. think the show has set this up with him being introduced to Bo-Katan and her being a Mandalorian that takes her helmet off. And, and I, th- I, th- I'm over it. And 
I'm, I'm with him keeping that helmet on all the time. I don't think we're quite there yet to where he's just going to take it off and, you know, have a cup of coffee with, you know, <laughs> somebody in a scene. But it's we're we're getting there. I totally agree with you. And like the impact of him taking it off with Mayfeld there because Mayfeld was like really egging him on to try to get him to take it off or whatever the last time we'd seen them together. And now he's just like, oh, shit, you know, like, and he was kind of bothering him because he was wearing a different helmet and stuff. And he's like, oh, shit, he really did it. And I know this actually means something to him. So I'm just not going to tell anybody. And he said he what he's like, I I, I never saw your face. I don't know what's happening. You know, like that was that was a cool moment between the two of them because they had been at odds every time that they were together and, and mm-hmm. now they now they sort of had this moment where before Mayfield was saying how they were alike and Mando's like no but now he realizes there are parts of them that are alike well he calls him out too right in that drive mm-hmm. he's like yeah you know you, you seem to pick and choose what rules work when when you're intention or whatever mm-hmm. when you when you when you're have dire needs to to do things mm-hmm. what was the first order doing they were taking little kids right finn was taken by the first order mm-hmm. and turned into a stormtrooper and look like they, they are very similar it could have happened think mm-hmm. about like do do we know what do, was mayfeld taken as a child could have been could have been could have been very well could have been and think about this both of them as children could have went down the same path but they but they've kind of taken different paths as children. One went the Mandalorian way and one went, you know, the Stormtrooper way, possibly. Mm-hmm. I think that that's cool kind of like way to look at it as well. Mm-hmm. I am just I understand what, dude, if you would have talked, if we would have been having this conversation last year, Stephen, like mm-hmm. I'm right there with you, right there with you. Mm-hmm. I didn't even want him to take off the helmet in front of the fucking robot. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, well, I'm not against the idea of him shifting to not having the helmet at all. Um, well, I, mean, I guess he's a Mandalorian, so he's going to wear it when he fights. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not against him just not having it at times. It's just, I guess for me, I don't think the, I... the impact I felt was just taken away because not at not at all, in my opinion. I, I want to hear what you have to say, but like, hold up, the weight of both of those scenes, man, the mm-hmm. weight and like what transpired in both of those scenes, like you have to take the mask off. We uh-huh. see you have to take the mask off. They're two different. Those are two different scenes that both have different impacts on the character and the way that we see the character as viewers. The first one is like, yeah, you see the love that he has for the kid without the kid being there. But then it slowly flips into like this uncomfortable, like, oh, my God, this guy can't even function without the helmet on. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I I guess the part that confuses me is the fact that Mayfield says you have to scan your face, which to me implies, and I know we've talked about this on your Patreon episode, mm-hmm. but to me that implies it scans you to recognize your face, which then it voids doesn't. the whole concept like, of him even being there to do it, it unless doesn't. it was a part here's of a, their registry. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's scan- <laughs> And what's weird about this, and it doesn't make any sense, is that basically if... If you have, I guess if you would have, if you're in their records as far as like, you know, um, Cara Dune and, mm-hmm. and of course, like if, you know, if, if, if fucking 
Boba Fett takes off his helmet, everybody mm-hmm. in there is going to recognize him. They've seen mm-hmm. that face. You know, they know that face. They've mm-hmm. seen they've seen tons well, of Well, these clones. people probably don't. Sure they do. Absolutely they do. Well, have. but these are all the the people that are no longer clones, right? They've shifted out from from having clones. They, at they this know point. that face. I'm, even or at Rex- least the voice. Even if some of them hadn't seen what he would uh, well, what the yeah. clones would have looked like older, they would have recognized the voice because they when they were, you know, going through Academy or whatever, there still would have been some clones around. Trust for me, sure. some of these people would have recognized clones. It, yeah. I mean, that was a, oh, yeah. a really clever way of doing the uh, where Bo Katan knew who mm-hmm. Boba Fett was and that he mm-hmm. wasn't uh, your donor. What is stupid about the scanner, though, is the fact that it doesn't it does take a picture of your face and they will know what he, you know, they will mm-hmm. have his face in their records now, but mm-hmm. it just needed to scan any face. Well, like that. Point. I, okay, so that's, think... that's the reference then of Mayfield saying they didn't see your face. Because when he says that, I was like, I don't understand what the fuck that even means. Because I get uh, they didn't see it because they're all dead. But like, but what's he that was relevant also... to the situation right now? I mean, he was also saying that he didn't because... Yeah. Like, so he could go back to his code. Yeah, I, basically, basically, like, like I dude, I, I, I got you. Did. They didn't yeah, see your face. He said nobody, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I think he's like, I think he's basically just saying, wink, wink, this is our little secret. Yeah. Just trying to yeah, make yeah. him feel good, right? And um, with the face scanner thing, um, I don't know if you guys really have noticed, but in the Empire, they're... Uh, everybody is human or as close to humanoid as they can be mm-hmm. to be in anything. Whereas you have like with the rebels, you know, or whatever you have Mon Calamari, you know, or whoever you have lots of different species, but if he had taken off his helmet and he looked like Grogu, for example, like the big ears and the, you know, all that stuff, it, probably would have set off an alarm because yeah it just doesn't make sense though that like wouldn't they have like pictures of everybody on file and it would like set off a red flag but that's the thing here like yeah i guess that's my logic is it didn't not knowing who the picture is would have been a red flag the answer is you just need to scan your face Mm -hmm. and if you aren't somebody that's already kind of like you know wanted you know, like a, like a Cara Dune or something like that, it's not going to set off any sort of like an alarm, which I it, it's stupid, but that's just what we got. Yeah, I just need to get over it, I guess. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, no, you have every right. To yeah. Be, like if that if you watch that scene and it didn't emotionally impact you as much the next week or that episode, you have every right to feel that way. I'm just right. saying for me, like it it worked it's like i'm i'm kind of over this whole keeping your helmet on mystique thing that i was so into the first season with the mandalorian and both those scenes meant two different things to me Um, i guess to me it just seems cooler because he has the helmet on so it's like he's more badass he's he's you know he's you take the mask off that's how he feels like like it it's his like security blanket his literal armor yeah, yeah, it is yeah. his literal mask and armor they to be whoever he wants. To be. So are you saying <laughs> you saying it the mascalorian? Are you in saying a pandemic that Star Wars universe? You can't be a badass and love a little baby. 
Well, of course. I mean, look at me. All my cats. I mean, of course it's possible. I kind of got the feeling that with the first, the first time he takes the mask off, it was pretty impactful. And then the second time, I kind of felt like the first time it just kind of like loosened the jar lid a little bit. You know, (laughs) like it, like it was, it was, it felt like it was easier for him. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of maybe the beginning of his coming around to seeing that his this is the way situation doesn't need to be the only way look how many people were around when he did it the second time yeah and he didn't even care he just it was i want to look with you with my own eyes thing you know like call back but everybody in that moment aside from luke has already seen him without the mask on right no 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 one's seen him without the mask except for mayfield and he wasn't there and didn't didn't see him in the first season? No, no. no. It was only was the droid. Gone. It was no, the yeah. droid. That was the loophole. That's yeah. right. Yeah, just okay. IG eleven and and Mayfeld are the only anything that had seen him the without his living human. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And we can guess, you know, Grogu saw his chin every once in a while when he was yeah. eating or whatever. Yeah, yeah. when he was eating eggs. <laughs> no, not Grogu when they were drinking the soup or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I wanted to see at the end of this season is <laughs> <laughs> when when Luke has Grogu in his arms in that last moment of him leaving, I wanted to see him pull out one of those eggs <laughs> and just eat it <laughs> one last time. That yeah. would have been just awesome. Like just to piss everybody mouth. off who hated that. Oh, my gosh. Like, you motherfuckers been storing them the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I got on. I got on an episode of Scenic Cast, and I was like, "Oh!" And it was after that egg episode aired, and I go, "I guess we found out that Grogu is pro-choice." <laughs> yeah, that I was definitely uncomfortable with that happening, but I think it worked out. It was fine. Yeah, I get it. I, I think it was used to emphasize that he has these selfish tendencies that could push him either way as far as ahsoka was was referring to mm-hmm. like he was being told no but he just wanted it anyways you know, same thing with the cookies mm-hmm. yeah which I, honestly but to I be fair said, that kid was a dick for not sharing yeah that kid deserved it hey that kid probably knew Gro- grogu because he was on that one planet with the krill and stuff that's where he came from you can see a screenshot of that kid circle huh. <laughs> and you know, and he was wearing the blue outfit, you know, the clothes that they dyed with all the krill stuff. Um <laughs> and now I totally got off where I was going with that. <laughs> oh well, that's fine. Okay, does anyone else have a uh favorite character? Anyone? Oh yeah, I didn't even get to answer this <laughs> fucking question. <laughs> So you wanted to know our favorite new character of season two? No, it can be any. It can be your favorite character of the season. They can be returning or new. But if they're returning, I want to know if the if their role in season two affected your choice or if they were already your favorite. Well, for me, it's just like, I guess it's, you know, if I'm not saying either the Mandalorian or Grogu, if I have to go with like a another character, I, I'm going Mayfeld. Mm-hmm. I love Mayfeld. And I, unlike Brooke, love his stand-up. I love, I love. Yeah, I know Brooke. you do. I know you do. But <laughs> I love his stand-up. I love so to see and and him not being a fan of Star Wars to begin with, and to see John Favreau bring him in, kind of like for that reason to and and 
it's just it's been awesome just to see his character kind of like do what he did this season. Like nobody, nobody in the right mind would think that like you'd get the that performance out of Bill Burr in that episode. And yeah, Mayfeld so is like good. So good. And here's the thing, like the, I want I want a Miggs Mayfield figure so badly. <laughs> I want a Miggs Mayfield figure more than I would want a Mandalorian figure. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, maybe he, maybe they can get him to show up. Maybe they can get him to show up in like this this ranger show or something because that would be cool. And you know, oh, like I, like I said, too. I yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, like, all right, you're free. Bye. <laughs> so now he's gonna go and like hang out with those people that Try that he that well, yeah that. They, they were trying to kill each other, you know, because... They're doing someone... him a favor. They're doing him a favor yes. by oh, letting yeah. him go. So you don't want to get caught with them because then it's like, yeah, like now you're hanging out with the guy that's supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. behind bars. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so, yeah, just make up the story that he's dead. We're doing you a huge fucking favor. Mm-hmm. So just get out of here. Now that's you gotta it. Find... That's all you get. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to catch your own right now. It's just like the uh, the Tie Fighter guys. They were like, where Mandalorian's like, yeah, what's you help me out here? And they're like, uh, no, you're technically no. under arrest. So yeah, how about we just leave? Just <laughs> not wanting to help give rides in this world. Oh, the yeah. one guy, the guy with the with the X wing pilots, the one that's not Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. He's like some uh, apparently he's some Canadian guy that is a big fan of Star Wars, and he does. Like I don't know, someone I know in Canada was talking about it, and so it was super exciting that he got to be on there. And I'm like, that's so cool. So I need to like start a petition just to get me to be be able to be an Ewok or something. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm small and I don't really, uh, w- w- I don't want to talk and I don't necessarily want anybody to see my face. I just want to know that I was a part of Star background. Wars. Oh yeah. my god, did you watch that one episode of The Mandalorian where that Ewok wouldn't shut up about Doctor Who? <laughs> what the fuck? It's like, you gotta start slow. You gotta eat crawl crossover. before you can eat walk. Okay. <laughs> Just saying to crawl before I eat walk. And as far as Bill Burr, I kind of wish his character, when he blew up that base, said, F is for fucked. Yeah. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> I could hear the the crickets just uh, rubbing their hands together. Like, oh, we got this one. Wow. Okay. I think really the only character we haven't really talked much about was uh, Fennec Sh- uh, Shand, right? Chand? Fennec Shand. Chand? Yeah. I just want to say one quick thing about her. Her character kind of confused me because I felt like she was not at all the character she was that we saw in that episode of season one. Like, are we to believe she has no resentment for being shot in the stomach and left to die? No, we 100% saw a look on her face. She's indebted to Boba Fett. And at the end of the episode where Grogu is on the seeing stone and... He basically Boba Fett says, you know, um, and, you know, our deal was that until you get the baby back, you know what I mean? I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. Sorry. Um, Grogu's baby back rib. Um, Grogu's baby back rib. Barbecue sauce. Anyway, um, but there's a look from Fennec Shan that is just like it is a glaring 
look that she kind of like gives and after after knowing that she's that they still have to work mm-hmm. with the Mandalorian she is not over that at well, all and he wasn't the one who shot her but you know he didn't help her either when she was left there for dead right and she so, feels indebted to Boba Boba Fett mm-hmm. and I, that's the only reason that she was going along with it and I think if given the chance to get back at the Mandalorian 100% she's going to take it now mm-hmm yeah, the implications of the uh, the mid credit thing with the reveal of the book of is it the book of Fett or book of Boba Fett? The, the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. So even that, I was kind of surprised. So <laughs> does that mean he's going back to his roots of underground crime? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Which then I guess confuses me. Why? Why did it take so long to go that route when he escaped the? Pit. Like, why did he hang out then and learn culture from? He wanted his armor back. Yeah, that's why I think that the Ewoks just stole it off of what they presumed was his dead Jawas. body. Jawas. Jawas. Yes, I said Ewoks. Jawas. Sorry. She's rewriting history. I am There's... the Jawas. <laughs> I, was just I think that he wanted to show up there wearing his armor and coming back as Boba Fett. That's how they're going to recognize him. It's all about, dude. It's all about revenge at that point mm-hmm. because. He, if he comes back and he just walks in looking like a Tuscan Raider holding a gaffy stick, you know, it's not like. Uh, um, so he needed the armor in order to get his revenge. I think he wanted the armor just to fucking look like a badass, too, to remind this motherfucker that you left me out there to die mm-hmm. and nobody came for me. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it it just. And plus, it it just looks cooler for him to come back wearing that. There's no impact if he comes back just with a gaffy stick and and hoodless. Mm-hmm. Well, Were you I mean, guys expecting? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say it's like, oh, he's gonna come back, and it, you really think it's gonna scare Bib Fortuna when he comes back, just looking like a fat clone. I mean, not that he's like fat, but you know what I mean. Like he's <laughs> no, I, I don't mean I mean, it like that. But that he's like the clones, but like older and you know, like a an semi, age semi-retired. Clone. Yes, right. Semi-retired um, clone. Besides, he he's not of, one to judge if he was fat. So he had. Oh, that's true. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> old Bib Fortuna sure took advantage of all the food he could get being in charge there. Um, uh. But yeah, like the fact, like he shows up in the in the Boba Fett armor, and it's like, uh, and then obviously it sounds like him, and it's like, oh, oh, I thought you were dead, and you're not dead. Oh no. He clearly knew it was going to happen to him, but you yeah. could tell he was trying to, yeah, to talk his way out of it. Yeah. Uh, did anybody else expect him to try to hit that trap door? <laughs> that's no, what I, I was waiting for I didn't even think something about like that. that to happen and then it failed like maybe Boba was on it but then his jetpack goes as soon as it drops or whatever so he's just like hovering there I thought that would have been pretty funny I didn't think about that until after the fact and I don't know I'm glad it just went down the way that it did to be honest with you mm-hmm. I mean maybe it was very too business huh right it just I'm here fuck you dead yeah, yeah, and like uh, just the final shot that we got was just awesome. It it's totally setting it up to be kind of like the, you know, the criminal um, them to be like a a criminal organization there on Tatooine with 
where, you know, it's been kind of getting cleaned up. And I think like that's where it might cross over with the Rangers of the New Republic. Mm-hmm. So is Ming-Na Wen's character going to be his right hand like, man? Is, Absolutely. So is she going to be there? Like, is she like indebted to him forever? Or is there going to be a point where she's not, but she's just sticking around? Or is that I'm, point already here? I think this show is basically setting up that they're going to be working together. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't, I'm not saying like she has to be indebted to him. Like they may be square right now, but I think like she's, mm-hmm. she's, she's down for this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's going to see where this takes her. Cause maybe, cause who knows, maybe she'll get Boba Fett in the end or something, you know, we don't well, really no, I think. You know. Why would she want to get, at, get him, get back at, get him. Cause he <laughs> saved her. Well, he did, but what, I mean, you know, anything could happen and that could, you know, that could. I'm just thinking like there's, there's strength, there's strength in numbers, Mm -hmm. there's strength in numbers and like they've formed this pact and it's probably been working out well for her and it might allow her, you know, to maybe get back at the Mandalorian, you know, so Mm -hmm. we'll see. And if it does circle back to having the Mandalorian in this, I feel like there's got to be some kind of a situation between Boba Fett having to pick a loyalty, right? Is it, is he gonna basically have a problem with the Mandalorian? If that's the case, will he be all for her getting revenge or will he try to be a neutral party in that? I would think that he would probably be on her side at that mm-hmm. point. I mean, in the Mandalorian, I guess he has no loyalties, to the Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. Other than just, they had a deal at one point. Yeah. It was just that sort of honor deal. Like, I feel like they could probably get the Mandalorian to show up and then, you know, and then be like, oh, guess what? We have a problem with you. <laughs> and he'd be like, what? You help me. Because he keeps getting bamboozled <laughs> into things. So why I don't know not? if you would really show up in the first why season of that show, him? though. I think yeah. it would be a, a long game plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to see how ruthless they are. You think we'll see any... Uh... Oh, at this point, is is the Hut dynasty completely done? Was was Jabba the last of them in the, at this point in the, the Star Wars universe? I have no idea. Okay. I'm just I'm, curious if there could be others that could be like players in the game still that he now would have to deal with. Yeah. I mean, that's what we could be. We could definitely, we could definitely see like rival kind of like crime syndicates, but like, as far as we know, like I, as far as I guess this, this was it. And, and like they were, they didn't even look like they were that strong when he shows mm-hmm. up there. You know, mm-hmm. it's nothing like it was. Um, I mean, it looks like most of the crime element had kind of like been taken care of. And like this might have been the last of it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So were you guys surprised by that show? Yes. Or were you? I yes. mean, they mm-hmm. obviously didn't say in the. In I'm the not surprised days. that we're getting a Boba Fett show. I'm surprised at where they left Boba Fett off at the end mm-hmm. of The Mandalorian. Yeah, 100% was thinking like we're eventually going to get a Boba Fett show, but I didn't know wh- how what the setup was going to be, and like we didn't really know that until the mid credit scene, and like mm-hmm. that's where it's where it's like holy shit, wow! I didn't really even realize that he had just kind of flown away, and that was the end of him at at the in the, in the last episode. I, I didn't even think about that until they did the credits. Like, oh yeah, he didn't come mm-hmm. back. You don't want him to be there when Luke shows up. You know what I mean? It just yeah, doesn't. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. There would have been some awkward uh, tension there. Right. Which I guess then adds more fuel to the scenario of revenge for, because if he finds out the Mandalorian and Luke are 
Oh yeah. Dealing with each other and, and the relationship for it's like Groggy, and that could cause problems too. We did all of this stuff to help you get this kid back, and then you give him to this Jedi. You give him to like freaking Luke Skywalker. That's the reason why I was in that stupid Sarlacc pit. You know, kind of thing. Like it yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So yeah, he would absolutely, absolutely be on her side. Was he a one-off, or do you think they'll have that character come back for more stuff, whether it be the Mandalorian or other things? Because now I'm starting to wonder, could could that be a, a play in this show? Is him wanting to get revenge on Luke? Oh, no. I don't think that'll happen, man. Okay. I mean, he might want revenge, but I don't know that it would... I don't know that they would do it. I don't know that they would ever show him again, but it would make him probably angry. That like I like I brought before, if they were to bring him back as like a more recurring character for whatever plot, it would need to be a live action actor, which then Sebastian Stan would be the logical route. Yeah, but why do that when you could do that and people would be okay with that? Yeah, that's it. it Would just be it, it, it. We wouldn't need it. We don't need it. They can't okay. afford to to fix. They can't afford to do uh, Mark Hamill's face every time, and not enough people would want it to be someone different. Even if it's Sebastian Stan, who looks pretty much just like him. Even if Mark Hamill said that he was on board for the passing the torch for that scenario. Well, he kept. He was trying to keep people off the trail of this because he would tweet stuff like, oh, yeah, maybe he could play me. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. And then whenever this came out, he was like, anybody see anything good on TV? It's like, really? Really? Yeah, I think uh, he had a tweet that he actually spoiled what happened, like the day after it all aired. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, good thing I already watched it. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that, but I did see him say, has anybody watched anything good lately? That's what he said. We pretty much covered all the characters. Yep, we sure did. Um, I have a question, another question for you guys. Uh, what was your favorite plot point or scene throughout this season? One that you felt had the most impact or maybe just something that was the most fun? I can answer that super easy. The most fun scene that I had this entire season was the Bilber episode where you are cheering for the stormtroopers. <laughs> right? I mean, the, yeah. like I I it was for me it was like when when those um tie fighters showed up and started shooting and like here's the thing. Here's the thing. Those pirates like they make them look like they're evil. Like those are the good guys. Yeah. Those are the like those are like like the Saw Gerrera type like, you know, like warriors that are trying to stop you know, the empire They're they're trying to destroy the, uh, this, what do they call it? The rhodium or whatever mm-hmm. road. I can't remember what that, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever substance they were bringing in to, into that, uh, base. But like, we're supposed to be cheering for those guys to destroy mm-hmm. yeah. this. Yeah. And like, if we're watching the, the, <laughs> if we're watching a different show from their point of view, those are the guys we're cheering for. Mm-hmm. But this show, the way that they work the Mandalorian behind the armor and he's trying to get in there to do something different. He's trying to mm-hmm. fi- figure, you know, find where is Moff Gideon? Where is that ship? We need him to get inside the space. We need this uh, this transport vehicle that they're that they're driving to make it there. And so when those 
tie uh, tie fighters showed up and started shooting, you know, the the good guys. I'm like, I'm cheering. I'm, che- I'm cheering for the yeah. death of these poor resistance fighters. And um, I couldn't believe it. I, I loved it. I absolutely, I was laughing and cheering for stormtroopers. And then it can, I continue to laugh as they're driving slowly into like this military base and all the stormtroopers mm-hmm. are like clapping and cheering them on. Mm-hmm. I and he said- loved it. And he said, do you, ever, you think you'd ever be so happy to see stormtroopers? And mm-hmm. it's like, that's what we were all thinking. <laughs> it's so weird. That just, I had so much fun with that scene. I remember watching it and having so much fun with it. So I loved it. I know it's not like, I'm not giving you the scene of like baby Grogu looking at the Mandalorian and them crying and all that shit or Luke showing up. I'm giving you, but I'm <laughs> telling you, like, I loved that scene so much. Yeah, it was good. It's a great example of like how you can, if you can tell the story in a certain direction, then it, it, you know, you can make any character the villain or the hero. Right. So yeah, it was a good way that they kind of showed the other side of this battle. Well, it's super star Wars too. Like in every star Wars movie, you have a good guy putting on a Mm stormtrooper outfit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But without the uh, sewage this time. So, um, my, my favorite, well, I, I loved so much of this, but, um, gosh, I don't even know what my favorite is. I, I, I know I like, I like, uh, Din's growth since he, you know, talks for, because when he was w- with the frog lady was with him and he's like, well, I guess we should get some sleep. And he goes, wake if that door comes off it's just wake me up and he's like i'm just kidding we'd all be dead <laughs> and i just that's <laughs> hilarious <laughs> because it's like you know he went being so stoic and hardly talking to anyone and now he's like trying to tell jokes to someone to who doesn't even l- speak his language <laughs> yeah to this lady who can understand him but he can't understand her mm-hmm. so i thought that was amusing what about you steven um, I really, uh, I know it's probably like one of the least exciting of the entire arc of the series or the season, but the, uh, the frozen planet with the, with the spider creature thingies like that, I just had complete alien vibes all over it for me. There's like the, all these eggs and them opening up and it just, it, I don't know. I really enjoyed that scene. It, it felt like the, the action was just pretty impressive for what they could do the cgi i thought looked really well in that particular episode so it was probably my favorite moment of the series um i probably i quite enjoyed the uh the opposite day that we had with the whole uh mayfield situation and rooting for the stormtroopers or whatever but i think one of one scene that um i remember specifically is when um when Mando is kind of rescued by Bo-Katan and her group. And then we see yet again, they start, they, when she goes to take off the helmet, it's obviously you can't see Mando's face, but like something you can just interpret his emotion at that point, because it's like the second time in like a very short period that he thought he found a Mandalorian. And then he was like, well, you're not a Mandalorian because he doesn't understand that there's other Mandos that don't follow the same creed. So I thought that was a really interesting 
I don't know. Maybe it was just me filling in the blanks. But for me, I felt his emotion of being like, are you fucking kidding me again? Like whenever she took off the helmet. Like he didn't take her as a Mandalorian because yeah. she took the helmet off. Even yeah, though was, she is technically one, he didn't perceive he didn't, the moment like that. Yeah. Afterwards, he may have started to understand. But originally, when she takes it off, all he sees is another person who was wearing Mandalorian armor who's not a Mandalorian because he doesn't believe that Mandalorians can exist that are willing to take their mask or um, helmet off. Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck this shit again? He's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. Is <laughs> anyone a Mandalorian anymore? <laughs> it's like, who else wears this armor? <laughs> wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if, like, there was another group of Mandalorians? <laughs> yes. Hold on. That made their helmets look like their actual faces? No. <laughs> <laughs> they take their helmet off. He thinks they just decapitated themselves. No, it looks like one of those Russian nesting dolls. Yeah, yeah. They take it off, but then he's like, wait, what? Your head is smaller. And they just keep taking off different helmets. Yeah. <laughs> Now, do they look like bobbleheads at first, or is it that their heads are unusually small? They're unusually small. They're and they... like the shrunken heads in Beetlejuice. Yeah. They were... <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, Jessica, I feel so bad for you this episode. <laughs> Why? I'm fine. No, I feel like in in the real world, this is like, and we are in the real world, but I'm saying like, I you're like the moderator for the presidential debate. And, like, nothing is going the way that you're wanting it to go. <laughs> like, all plans have been thrown out the window. I mean, you got to learn to adapt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got you got Brooke talking about Doctor Who and Jax the <laughs> Rabbit and then me talking about whatever the fuck I'm talking about half the time. I'm going to need a little bit more time to make my point, just so you yeah. know. Okay. That's all I had. <laughs> That's it? That okay. was it. That got was the time it. I needed. Okay, okay. Um, I have a random question. We were, Steve and I were wondering this. Is there a reference with the like egg or pearl or whatever the fuck it is that the Tuscans take from right. the great dragon? Does anybody uh, know anything about that? I, I assume it was a pearl, but I was like, is it an egg? Like there's, it felt like there was a relevance to that because they looked, made sure it was there for us to see. But... Yeah, it looked metal to me, but like whenever he said, he says that they want to, they want to keep the you know like the meat and then something else and i'm like oh i guess that's whatever that was and i have no idea what it was so okay. i was like oh, i, I can let me well hold on let me answer the question i i posed the same question i originally thought that it was i thought that it, oh uh, remember remember um and this is the wrong answer but <laughs> do you remember um uh boss nass when he was holding that fucking thing at the up at the end of uh phantom menace at the yeah. end of the celebration he's got mm -hmm. that globe that orb and i was like oh i wonder if it's that fucking thing mm -hmm. and then i was like how the fuck did he get that how, do, how why did it swallow that no the crate drag the pearl it's from a video game so like if you killed the crate dragon you could get this pearl in this uh, video game uh in um what? it okay. was uh star wars knights i get i think it's star wars is it Knights of the Old Republic the Old video Republic. game? Yeah, that sounds right. If and then you could actually, some of the Jedi would want, to, they'd get the pearl and they would, they'd keep um, this, uh, they could use it for uh, their lightsaber. 
apparently. Okay. So that it comes from a video game. I didn't know that because I didn't play the game. And then I posed the question on our Facebook page and had, you know, quite a few people. Mark Busking gotcha. from the Nerdaholics was the one that gave me the answer to that one. Okay. Good to know. Okay. Well, that's kind of cool. So they're doing Easter eggs even in the gaming world of Yeah. And it's it's looked at as like, I, I don't know, for like the Tuscan Raiders, it's it's worth a lot of money, you know? So yeah, yeah. that's what I kind of figured it was just, it was valuable to them. I mean, it looked like a straight pearl. So I, yeah, I don't know why a giant sand dragon would have a pearl in it, but because it has a lot of sand in its belly. Oh, duh. Right. Yeah. It's like look a at you. look at you with your science <laughs> answers. I mean, but by that logic, there duh, should be clams. A fuck, that's how they do it. There should be a lot of them. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's fun. Um, are there any other like, visual world building tie-in type situations you guys wanted to bring to talk about because we kind of talked about a lot of them just in conversation already so i don't necessarily want to go through every everything but if there's certain things you guys want think are worth bringing up well, again we've kind of talked about some of the creatures i i yeah was rather impressed with the selection of creatures and life on some yeah. of these planets like even in the different races some scenes they were just in the background while they got off a ship and walked you know to the next scene but like the first three episodes it was like oh is this gonna just be the the creature of the week but like they they really did draw out the worlds that they visited through this series i feel like not just this season but like i felt like it was apparently better this season than last yeah, I agree. It seems like it, they kind of diversified even more. There's just all over the place. Which then kind of shows the budget. It feels got better. It, yeah. They had a that, lot more big cinematic moments in this season, I think. And a lot more um, races that require lots of uh, stage makeup. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's a lot more budget there for even just putting prosthetic makeup on. I was happy to see Mon Cal, Mon Cal show up in this. So that was cool. Mon Calamari were like the dock workers in that episode. Mm-hmm. The one with oh, yeah. the squid people. sweater. Yeah. 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 I was going to say they were wearing Chris Evans sweater. Um, uh, but also <laughs> something I didn't notice the first time or so that I watched it when he goes out on the boat with the corn and he's like, oh, have you ever seen a mama corn eat? I'm like, oh. Oh wait, they're feeding their mother, <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" And then I was like, "I don't know anything about corn," so that was interesting. Yeah, just they look like Davy Jones from the absolutely. From the Pirates. Yeah, as soon as I saw them, I was like, "Wait, what movie are we watching?" <laughs> what I want to know is why didn't uh, the Mon Calamari guy let them know that it was going to be a trap? Okay. Oh yeah, you need to go home. You're drunk, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Even Brooke didn't laugh at that, dude. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, <laughs> I did have my, I did have my thing. That's on not me. my market, you know. There was no Doctor Who involved in that one. I mean, we could go. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so I guess to wrap up this section, we kind, of, you kind of already mentioned them, but were there any other Easter eggs or tie-ins to the franchise that you thought were the most helpful in building the like universe story? Hmm. <laughs> Wow, this was just a section? Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. 
No, no, no. It's not like that. There, we're finally, after this question, we get to talk about what happens in the future. Okay. Just then that's it. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just messing with you anyway. I'm trying to think, like, there's of all the different Easter eggs and stuff like that that maybe we'd seen in, in this. I, I don't know. That's I should have came in more prepared. I can't think of anything. I mean, we've talked about a lot of them, like... You know, like you know, we, we even brought up the fact that, you know, Cobb Vance, like little, you know, um, race, like the, the little speed racer thing that he had was uh, was like it looked like it was uh, one of the pod racers that had been, you know, yeah. a, a, you know, modified to be like a, a speeder. So um, I can't really think of anything, to be quite honest with you, unless Brooke, if you have anything. Yeah, Brooke, if you're talking, nobody can fucking hear you. <laughs> what was your question again, Jessica? Oh, um, just... <laughs> what... I'll answer. I'll answer. <laughs> just what would you think, like, what were some other, like, relevant Easter eggs or tie-ins to the franchise that you thought, like, did the most for building the story, the universe story? We already talked about a fuckload of them, so obviously we probably don't have anything left to talk about for the, with regards to that, but in case there was anything else. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about anything <laughs> that we hadn't talked about yet specific, but, like, it just feels like they really did well at including the different generations of the Star Wars movies and uh, kind of covering all aspects like that. Uh, I Going back to that spider creature thing, like, I don't know the significance of it, but I do know that, like, when that episode hit, there was a lot of people saying that that was like a big deal as far as canon, at uh, least it, in previous Star Wars. It's a Ralph McQuarrie uh, concept is what it is, is what it has in the uh, the gallery thing. So I don't know if they had used it somewhere else, but I just know that it, that was one of another one of his concepts. Because he has a he had a gazillion, you know. OK, so it was like unused concept I that they that it was unused. yeah like it wasn't it was supposed to be a like a spider on Dagobah and one of the guys was saying how it was white and he thought that it would be better suited for like a cold planet and then they wanted to make this ice planet but they didn't want it to they didn't want people to be like oh they're on Hoth you know mm -hmm. okay. and uh and so and then they added the spiders or whatever so and it's so creepy yeah <sighs> yeah like i said the, the whole atmosphere when they they realize there's a bunch of eggs in there it, it just reminded me of aliens and also what's up with that uh frog lady just getting naked in a, <laughs> a random yeah i had problems with that too it made no sense like, oh, I don't know where we are. I'm just going to get in the most vulnerable position I can, not and, like, knowing what's out here. She poured her children <laughs> eggs out, like, into this random, I don't know. It's a hot spring, you guys. Yeah, but she doesn't know that. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> she doesn't even know what planet they're on. Which... You don't know. There could be something in there that is sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel bad for Misty Rosa being in, like, the full, like, suit Instead of just having like clothes and a head on, it, but having to be in like the full sort of latexy frog lady suit and in water. Yeah. Like, oh. Okay. Should we talk about what happens next after the end of the season? 
I mean, where we wanted to go, I guess. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we have no idea where it's going to go. I guess. So my first question is what happens to Mando from here? Like Luke just took Grogu off for training. So are we the expecting? The mission's over. Yeah, he, he completed his mission. So what does he do now? Does he join up with Bo-Katan in that group? Or does he just stand around like the Narcos meme guy? Like uh, what, what are we expecting for season three from Mandalorian? Well, presumably he's being dubbed the leader of the Mandalorians now. He's got the Darksaber. So whether he wants that title or not, I'm assuming Bo-Katan is going to, at the very least, have him hang out with her to try to figure out how to fix that situation. Unless there's okay. just going to be straight, we have to fight right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's just going to go back to doing his bounty hunter duties, right? But I mean, at this point, he's got no ship. Uh, he's yeah <laughs> lost the what's it called? Razor Crest. Razor Crest. Razor Crest. Thank yeah. you. Which I mean, that was a surprise to me also mm-hmm. that he just now has no ship. So I guess that means they're gonna bring him into getting a new ship to sell something else with a new sure name. Sure. Uh, um, I don't know if you all have seen the meme where. It was like the new one. I don't know. I, Brian, you could have even shared it at some point where it was like the new Razor Crest set and it's just a black pile of Lego bricks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was watching an interview of Pedro Pascal and he was saying that he saw that and thought it was funny. And I was like, that's so great. <laughs> yeah, they might sell that and say it's already built. <laughs> no. Pre-assembled. <laughs> Pre-assembled Crest. What sucks is didn't he wasn't his disintegration gun on that on the Razor Crest? See, I, I thought he lost that a long time ago, but then random one of the random episodes he had it. So yeah, I mean I but... think he had had it. I'm trying to remember where he had like and I thought he ended up leaving it on uh Boba Fett's ship whenever they went on the, the light cruiser. But uh, because I, I think he had it while they were, you know, they were fighting or whatever, because he left the staff there. Oh, and, you know, the his gear shift knob, like, is are we to assume that it's made of Beskar because it didn't, it came back fully intact, too, in the, in the ashes? That's what I would take from it. Possibly. Or so, it's just such a small piece, it didn't explode. I don't know. Well, do, maybe, maybe uh, Grogu wanted to hold on to it because it was made of Beskar like his dad. Okay. <laughs> Look at you. You're like, no. <laughs> I thought it was... I wasn't trying to make a joke. I, no, I, think, I know. I, I see no, where you're I, going with it. <laughs> I honestly... Here's the thing. Brug, I'm going to blow your mind here. I honestly think kids like little shiny things that are shaped like balls. That's that's I, I know that sounds crazy. It's a wild theory that little children like balls, like like you know, any kind of ball, bouncy ball, whatever. I know it's crazy. I don't think he's a it's a baby, you know what I mean? I don't yes. I don't think he's looking into it like it's metal like my dad. Fine. <laughs> but that is going to come into play. That is going to be used as a for he didn't give it to him. Bit. He didn't give it to him whenever he left. So either he's gonna find it and re- you know in his pocket and then re- remember him, or he's gonna take it to him or something. Like there's, 
There might be an episode where all of a sudden we're not expecting Grogu, and then all of a sudden we see that ball fly out of his, you know, armor. Yeah. And we're like, what the? F-? And then then the camera pans over, and there's baby Grogu. Uh huh. I think they'll just hang it from the rearview mirror of his next ship. Yeah. <laughs> like that dice. Brings, yeah. That brings me to the next question, though. Are are we expecting to see Grogu again? Like, yes. we kind of have to, yeah. right? Yeah, we're totally getting it. And I, you know, if you had asked me like a week ago, are we going to get him for most of the season? I would have said no. And at this point, I, I can't see them going a full season without Grogu. And right. I, I yeah, it, they kind of need him as a yeah. crush for the, the audience that just wants him. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not it, the story has always been those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since the beginning. I, so and it's going to be hard I, to change the story. I mean, yeah. technically, he's a Mandalorian, too, right? By their logic, he's a foundling. So now he's considered a Mandalorian. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I don't it's just like Maybe not because he got him back to his kind. I don't know. He's, uh, well, Mandal- that whole concept was just very confusing with their what is and isn't a Mandalorian. Because they're saying... Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian because he's a clone of mm-hmm. a foundling, mm-hmm. which by their definition was a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So if he's literally the same exact genetic person, he would then also be a Mandalorian. No, he, he no, 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 no. It's it's a creed. I yeah. mean, you can be born a Mandalorian, but to I mean, it's a creed. And not all Mandalorians from Mandalore were raised as warriors. Like they had, mm-hmm. they had. That now they're basically kind of forced to do that because they've been decimated after the Great Purge. Mm-hmm. It's not like everyone was raised to be like this great warrior on Mandalore. I mean, now they're they're, they're really kind of forced to at this point. But mm-hmm. it, and and that's why they've been taking in foundlings and things like that because they have been decimated after the Great Purge. It's a creed now with with um with Din Djarin. the Mandalore. It's a creed, mm-hmm. and so I mean. Boba Fett is not Mandalorian, Mm-mm. but he didn't live by any of any of their creeds, like whether right. it was to keep your mask on or to keep Mandalore in your heart or whatever, you know? Yeah, but the whole like situation was he wasn't going to let him have the armor because he wasn't a Mandalorian. But then he goes, oh, but this is my father's code. This is me. Yeah, whatever, whatever the of hell. Course. And then he's yeah. like, OK, well, you can keep it then. He never it, said he he said that was my father's armor. This is what my father's works were. Mm-hmm. But he yeah. never said, you know, like I'm continuing that today. It, it was just enough for Din Jaren after they fought together to 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 let him keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't and, necessarily a confirmation that he is a Mandalorian. It right. was just him saying, OK, I will give you that. That's fine. He had more right to it than Cobb Vanth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, and it said so like in the chain code. And it's kind of like a should, should, okay, if the Mandalorian is, should he have kept the armor? Well, yeah, because it's Boba Fett isn't a Mandalorian. That's why in one of the very next episodes, you had Bo Katan basically, you know, not wanting him to be in that armor and calling him out. Because he's he's not Mandalorian. Yeah, and I, I guess that just was an example to me of like kind of what Mayfield was saying was like you pick and choose when these rules work and are okay. 
Yeah. 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 Because then going back to the whole Darksaber thing that I have is just like, she's also doing the same thing to an extent mm-hmm. because she's yeah. making that be like, well, that's an absolute rule. But then she's waving the stuff about the helmet. And I, guess I agree, dude. I think we can. I seriously, I think like with with all this stuff, you can get yourself. You can talk yourself into the weeds. You can get into the weeds with this stuff. And we're not going to know until next season. There's yeah. some stuff that like they presented this season that I just got to throw my hands up and be like, I don't know the answer. I don't I don't know what they're going to do. And I just got to wait until next season. I 100 percent believe Filoni's going to explain everything. Yeah, and I guess that's just the way of making sure you come back because now you need to know the answers to those things. All right, Jessica, uh, what was your next question? <laughs> I mean, I just want to, I think we can wrap up with the ideas of like what the implications are for the Star Wars universe because as we know, we spawned three new shows from The Mandalorian alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming at least one of those shows might spawn another show from itself. So um, oh yeah, like, that's basically what do, Disney's doing now, right? Yeah, They're just spinning it's just off a everything. Giant spiderweb. Um, so, what do we think this means, and and what what direction are you all most excited for it to go? I just uh, want more uh, of this quality of Star Wars. That's it. <laughs> okay, that's I like. That's all I ask for. Like, I even like bad Star Wars, but I really like good Star Wars. <laughs> I want um. I want more Mandalorians. I mean, and it feels mm-hmm. like we're going to get that. It feels like in the third season, they're going to be leading up to something with um, Bo-Katan. And, uh, you know, we remember the previous episode where they showed um, the uh, there was the there was the guy that was with them. Right. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. Like it was the episode where we got like the cool shot of like all the Mandalorians wearing their helmets and, you know, the owls and everything. It just was really cool and then but there was a guy that was with him and he went off and i think like he's gathering you know other resources while they were doing what they're doing mm-hmm. and i I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing like the Ma- the mandalorians like um are are they going to be able to you know take back mandalore and then like with the other factions of mandalorians are they going to join the cause will Din Jaren be able to unite them? Will or will he choose to be part of Bo Katan's group of Mandalorians while the other Mandalorians are? And we don't know where all of them are. We haven't seen the armorer since season one. Mm-hmm. True. So, I mean, I think a lot of season three is going to be a lot of man, just just more Mandalorian stuff, but like mm-hmm. real Mandalorian stuff, not like this, um, you know, going out and doing the. Uh, uh, bounty hunting stuff like we're getting we're really getting into mandalorian lore and this we're gonna i want to see what happens with the dark saber i want to see what happens you know with bo katan and the mandalorian how they're gonna work out like you know that that everything that's going on there um yeah i'm, I'm super excited for like where these shows are going i want to see what the rangers of the new republic is i want to you know is it a cara dune show is it this is that i want to how does this all tie in with the book of boba fett ahsoka where is that gonna go are we gonna get ezra bridger live action ezra bridger in that series are we gonna see like you know we're gonna get rumors of like somebody being like we're gonna see like a young actor that kind of like being cast in a star wars project that looks like ezra bridger and then everybody's gonna be like oh my god we're getting ezra (laughs) you know this is the kind of stuff that happens Sabine Wren was oh, one we're of getting, my oh, yeah. 100, we're 100% Definitely. 
we're getting someone, a live action Sabine Wren. I really 100%. hope so. And someone in a Star Wars group that I'm in was like, they think that that girl who was the she's in the Empire. She doesn't have a name. Like her character doesn't have a name, and she's had so many lines that that's really Sabine like going in undercover or whatever because you know she had gone to the academy and all that kind of stuff and mm. i was like that's a good idea and we didn't see what happened to her if she was one of them that they killed because bo katan would know her so she wouldn't necessarily kill her you know so it's like that's an interesting idea since cuz they they name everybody in star wars everyone yeah. has a name if they well, get at the, at, at the end of rebels See, when we see Ahsoka in um, in The Mandalorian, she's still wearing the gray robe. And when we see her at the end of Rebels, she's in the white. There's a – and Filoni once on Instagram tweeted a picture of, you know, we wondered, like, you know, was, uh, was Ahsoka still alive at one point? And he tweeted a picture. It was a drawn picture of Gandalf – and then Ahsoka mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. He's a big fan of Lord of the Rings. There mm-hmm. is a there is a story there of why, just like Gandalf the Grey turned into Gandalf the White, there is time that has passed for her to like wear the white when she's when she's Ahsoka and she's in the white at the end of Rebels. There's and we see her in the Mandalorian wearing gray. There's we've got to see that gap of time. What makes her change into the white robe? It's significant. Because Filoni is a fan of Lord of the Rings, and he's he's definitely pulling from that. And so, yeah. and by the end of that series, though, she's she is basically she goes up to Sabine Wren, and and she's like, it's like it's a it's time, it's time to find Ezra. Yeah, I think are we going to be able? Are we seeing right now, like in this Ahsoka series, are we going to see like the beginning of this Ahsoka series? Are we going to see like? I mean, she's going after Thrawn. I don't know. I don't know when it takes place, but we've got to see the transformation of her being Ahsoka the Grey to Ahsoka the White. I'm feeling like I need to go back and watch all of these animated series because <laughs> I am clearly missing a lot. Did you? I feel you, like I just confused everybody. I, I apologize. No, that I really liked that. Um, yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I tell everybody they should watch the Clone Wars at least because it's really good, and I like. I really do like Rebels, but, you know, everybody's like, oh, Ezra, Kagan. And I'm like, no, I love Sabine and Hera. Like, they're my favorite characters on that show. I'm going to check those out one of these days. I feel like as far as that character, I don't think that's going to end up being Sabine because she'd have to have a lot of patience because sitting there looking at the guy holding the Darksaber in mm-hmm. front of you like that's especially with her personality she's very uh impatient on that series so and i don't know that she could go wearing uh dark clothes playing dark clothes that long but you know it's not like she'd never gone undercover <laughs> yeah but i thought it was interesting that someone said that i just i don't care i just want her to be in it because she's my favorite if they do use the Ahsoka series to go kind of more in depth with rebels, I think that we will see a lot of those characters come back. Even if it's a s- insignificant role, I think you'll see them. What about Kane and Jairus's son? Him and Hera had a child. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, I like that. That would be cool. We could do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, are we going to find, like, we don't know if this kid's even force sensitive. 
kid could be force sensitive for all we know. So um, I don't know. I think I would, I, I'd love to see maybe these that... char- characters in live action. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, there's so much, there's so much to mine from and explore with what Filoni set up in rebels and, and just these new series going forward and what he's like created in uh, it can all, it can all connect this whole universe can connect so i know people want to see all new shit they want to see a uh, start part of the star wars universe that we haven't been to and dude i'm i i totally want to see it too but right now i mean i think like they're just they're fucking killing it i don't want mm-hmm. them to stretch themselves too thin well they're claiming they're going to go that route with some of these movies that they still have planned right taika watiti's their their preaching is going to be something we've never seen before yeah so I think maybe they, they might use the movies as an outlet to kind of go that route with more creativity and, and gambling. And then the shows will probably try to be a little bit more reserved to appease those fans. I don't know if you can call Luke Skywalker showing up in season two of The Mandalorian reserved. <laughs> True. Or, um, or, you know, the whole... Uh- Okay, familiar, I guess is the better word to use. I was going to say, or the fight scenes in, uh, you know, the one where they're at the rock, because it's really brutal. Like, there's a lot of fight scenes in this series, but, like, you know, the way Boba Fett is hitting them with that cavity stick is, like, so brutal. Well, and he stabs one of the stormtroopers right through their fucking gut. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's certainly not reserved. No, I just think like they're making there's like even though it's familiar characters, they're they're making bold choices in these series. And 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 you can go back to a year ago and everyone if if you would have went back to the first episode of The Mandalorian and you would have asked, you would have said, Do you think Luke Skywalker could show up in this series at any point? I'd be like, No, what the fuck are you talking about? What what are you <laughs> what crack are you smoking? No. No, you're out of your mind. And then, like, we get we get R2-D2 and Luke Skywalker showing up at the end of season two, taking baby Gro- Grogu on an, on a, on an X-Wing. And I shouted when R2 rolls in. I was like, yes! And my dog jumped. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, I think, I think Filoni and Favreau, anything that we ever thought about them doing or not doing on this show... We can, you can throw it out the window. You can throw it out the window. Anything and everything could happen. Mace Windu could show up. Fucking Uncle Ben from Spider-Man could show up. <laughs> yeah, it, it's possible. I mean, only uh, if he's with the Waynes. That's all. I mean, do you think we would ever see at some point if they really, really were like, we need to start making some more money, a tie-in or at least like a some kind of Easter egg to like the Marvel Cosmic Galaxy has some kind of like item within star wars to just imply they're a thing i think they could do a com a fun comic book event that's like multiverse you know what i mean i i don't know but like this season they fucking they made office space canon with the tps report so who the hell knows oh i forgot yes that that, i love that so great and I also would like to know, I assume that that was probably improvised, but I would love to know for sure if that was improvised and they were just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's keep it. I bet. I bet you anything it was. Yeah. <laughs> those are the best. Those are one of the, the best lines of movies. Those are the improvised ones. Yeah. Like the, well, it was um, Han Solo. Not, uh, 
Indiana Jones when he shoots yeah. the guy <laughs> swinging the sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, uh, didn't he? Oh, no, maybe that was Carrie Fisher. Did the whole, uh, whenever she says, I love you, he says, I know, like, it seems like one of them said that that's what Han would say instead. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite bits out of um, the TV show Narcos is something that Pedro Pascal just improvised that I thought was really funny. So I used that. I had an ex-girlfriend. She eventually became my girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend <laughs> tell me she loved me for the first time. And I looked at her and I said, I know. Oh my God. I swear to you. I swear, I swear to you. I swear to you on my life that happened. Oh, yeah. I swear to you on my life that happened. And then, like, there's there's women out there that are like, oh, and and you're not still together? You know, like, sarcastically. (laughs) Whereas I would be like, oh, I... You're not still together. Listen, listen. <laughs> she wasn't I enough was, of a nerd. I, I was, I here's, I was 20 years old. I was frying balls on acid, and she had been drinking, <laughs> and we're laying on That's the floor. Hilarious. Looking, yes, we're laying on the floor looking at each other, and we were just, we had, we were friends that had spent a lot of time together, and she's like, "I love you," and I said, "I know." I swear to you, that's exactly how it happened. I I uh, saw this guy with a cool, like, Han Solo shirt on one day, and I'm like, oh, I love your shirt. And he goes, I know. <laughs> so that's the closest I've gotten. Okay. Did you really love his shirt? Or were you I just did. saying it for the response? No, no, because I didn't even think about it. I want to ask Jessica a question. Please do. What was your favorite part of recording this episode? <laughs> when it was over. <laughs> All of it. It was so great. Oh, my God. Oh, my. The lies. The lies. I guarantee you, once this is over, she's looking straight at Steven. She's going, never again. Never again. Never. Well, she doesn't have to edit, so. Yeah. She can walk away. No problem. Oh God, this is going to be an editing nightmare, sir. <laughs> oh my God. He's going to be up all night. <laughs> this is the episode. Yeah. Like, you mean week? Is... Yeah. <laughs> this is like the fucking Freddy Krueger nightmare. This is terrible. Yikes. And it's, oh my God, it's been going on for four hours. You're going to have fun with this one, Steve. Yeah. How did you guys feel based off what you saw in the, the premiere trailer for the season compared to what the ending of what ended up being was that I personally thought it was not at all what I was expecting based off the trailer. (laughs) I was going to say the trailer was a lot of stuff that was in the first couple episodes. Like it wasn't. I know, but like, yeah. so I had no idea. Once I got saw most of that stuff, I'm like, I have no idea where this is going. (laughs) Maybe I just looked too far into that trailer, but like, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, whatever her name is, the the other Mandalorian that was with Bo-Katan, they show her in the trailer, like, wearing, mm-hmm. like, a hood and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I took that whole moment in that trailer as that was one of the uh, the sisters of what, what the hell is it? Oh. I was oh, expecting I, I an entire aspect of this season to be about them. Um, and then you also get the character that is of the race of Darth Maul in the that boxing 
ring, whatever mm-hmm. moment where he's, which in my head, I was like, oh, that's like a big part. Of course, that was like mm-hmm. one scene in the very first episode. So I had it all built up completely different in my head. But yeah, because if you have if anyone else was in that kind of mindset or if it was just me, I guess yeah, it was I, me. I think, well, I mean, obviously, I probably did think of that, too, because we discussed it <laughs> together. But I felt like we were going to see more of maybe we were going to see Dathomir because if she was a night sister and he was a Zabrak, then theoretically at some point Dathomir might be involved. Um, obviously that didn't happen, but maybe it will see in the future. <laughs> I like on my show, I didn't, I didn't break down the trailer like that. So and, and that's usually when I start thinking of stuff that you're doing it the right way. You didn't do anything different that you, you should, I think like you were thinking like down on the right track it's just we've got to understand like at the end of the day it's just like it's just they're, they're just showing us images you know what i mean and yeah. with they're showing us all the images without giving anything away to be quite honest with you it feels like you know so they're very sneaky like that yeah think about I'm, think about think about the end game trailer and how much that fucked with us you know yeah i'm trying to think what movie recently i feel like one of the marvel movies they said oh everything you see is only in like the first half an hour of the movie or something crazy but i don't know but maybe that's just kind of their approach with this stuff whether they say it or not uh, yeah I, I yeah i i think they they definitely want people to to dissect it and get on the wrong path with the whole season. I think you guys analyzed it and you, you know, I mean, sometimes I guess as fans, we just put too much stock into things that don't matter with these trailers. It's just, Mm -hmm. there's no way around it. But like part of the, part of the fun is like the discussion after the trailer, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like I didn't really, I didn't really like dissect it a lot because I didn't have, I mean, I guess I could have talked, to all of you guys online and stuff about it but usually one of my two co-workers that work in the same office as I do like we the three of us are in one room together we all talk about Star Wars or Marvel or whatever and did you see that oh what do you think of this do you think it's that and then I was just talking to them and then like I can't talk to Cindy because she does she wants to not have spoilers for a lot of stuff anymore so she tries not to watch things and so i'm like i don't have anybody to talk with in person because i don't have people that you know we can't be in person so i think i just didn't really get into it as much then but yeah it didn't like impact my enjoyment obviously i dissected this but it was definitely I was like, uh, so when does this come into play? When does that come into play? And then it just like, it was apparent that I just completely misshot what I thought was going to happen this season. Okay. Does that wrap it up? Yeah. Okay. All right. If you're listening and you enjoyed the show, that's great. (laughs) Um, If you'd like to hear more, check out our Facebook group, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at DTF Pod. Also, thanks again to our guests, Brian and Brooke, for joining us. Um, don't Definitely check out PCL or PicardCast if you want to hear more of their voices. And um, if you won't, don't mind, please go subscribe to our podcast if you're not already subscribed so you can find out when new episodes are posted. And if you could do us a huge favor, please give us a review or rating 
on your podcast service so that more people can find out about us. We would even appreciate direct feedback to learn how we're doing. So if that's more your speed, send us an email at dtfpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on our website at dtfcast.com, which has a complete listing of all of our episodes. Brian and Brooke, would you like to plug your stuff? Unamas? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, check me out on Pop Culture Leftovers. Uh, we're on... God, I'm trying to think. We're, we're everywhere. Spotify, Stitcher, <laughs> Apple, uh, iTunes. But yeah, uh, feel free to check us out. And uh, we, we had a Wonder Woman episode that we just recently did. And um, next week we're doing with, our... With my co-host, Rebecca. Already? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Uh, um, and next week we are doing what's called the the Tuppies, which is like our favorite stuff from the previous year. We give uh, out awards for fake awards for like what we thought were like, you know, the best of 2020, which is going to be a weird one this year since, you know, entertainment was odd this year. So yeah. that'll be an interesting episode to do. But yeah, thank you for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for asking me to do this, even though I just had Doctor Who quotes <laughs> well you also brought a lot of star wars stuff that i had no fucking clue about so <laughs> oh, i was like yeah. maybe i need to start watching doctor who it seems they have a lot of star wars content in there. <laughs> i mean there's a little bit here and there sometimes they make reference to stuff like that but um yeah uh i do picard cast it's a star trek podcast that i do with uh rebecca who is one of best people i know and i make things you can find me brigida 37 or fleur de f-l-e-u-r-d-e-l-o-u.com or on any like social things where but there's underscores in between the words so all right well that's it for episode 73 of dissecting this fiction this is the way bye bye <laughs>